I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages. It sure is. And this is an episode where we're going to listen to some listener feedback. Wait, hold on, stop. Discords. Oh my God. Okay, sorry. That was was my phone going off. I forget that Spotify was open. Oh my God. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. Was that like a Christmas song? Yeah, it was the Sleigh Bells song. I was listening to it before I started. Okay, Ryan is obsessed with Sleigh Bells, everybody. He has like 16 versions of Sleigh Bells. Oh, so Sleigh not Sleigh Bells. It's the ones like... And then you know that there's like a sound that the horse goes... Anyway, there's actual lyrics apparently to this, but... There are. There are. You know, we could do Sleigh Ride. Okay, so the reason why we're talking about Sleigh Ride... Well, it's because I accidentally turned it on, but also... that's one reason, but it's also actually relevant to the Mutant Ages, and it's worth reminding everybody of this so we're going to be doing a mutant ages holiday special on december 20th at 6 p.m eastern standard time on our youtube channel it's a live stream we're gonna be fundraising for the trevor project and we're gonna be entertaining you hopefully and one of the (laughs) things we're doing is that we're gonna be learning some christmas carols and some wintry carols well what are we doing to these wintry carols though i think we're putting x-men spins on them we're gonna be rewriting a little bit we're gonna do a little bit of rewriting i don't want to make too many promises here but we have I've already started rewriting some of the carols to be X-Men themed. Is so. Sinister coming to town? Is Sinister coming to town? He might be. I hope he so. He might be coming to town. I don't know whether or not Sleigh Ride is going to be in the mix because we're still nailing down the final set list for we the are. concert. We the are. live concert performed by me on the Fender Roads and everybody else singing. And who is everybody else, Ryan? Who is going to be There's on gonna the show with us? There's going to be me and that's it. But also Katie and Todd <laughs> and Maddie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're also going right. to be doing this. We're going to be doing a dramatic reading of Have Yourself a More Luck, Merry Christmas or whatever the fuck that's called. Uh, we're going to be doing some X-Men trivia that was sent in to us a few months ago as a reader mail. We're going to actually do it mm-hmm. here. We're going to open presents that we got for each other because yeah. this is a, this is an actual holiday party because it's not because like we, we can get together one. in real life. So we are inviting you along with us right. to our actual holiday party which honestly would have happened in real life except we can't do that game that we normally have because i have all these games i usually set up for my christmas parties like picking up a candy cane and trying to use okay those games are hilarious and i'm sad we can't do them so instead we're going to be doing the best that we can long distance and we'd love for you to come hold on a couple years ago when i did that christmas party where we had the blind stocking where you stuff this is a fun fact everyone you can do this for your christmas parties next year when it's safe 
Uh, yeah, you, or you can do it with like your pod if you're living with some people now. Right. So, but well, I don't know them. if this would work, but you could do the stocking game <laughs> where you you basically put a bunch of st- stuff in a stocking, then close it up, and everybody has to feel it to guess what's inside, and whoever gets the closest guess wins everything in the stocking. And I remember mm-hmm. when I did it, everyone asked if there was food items in there, and I promised everyone that that there wasn't, but there was like a ton of candy in there, and everyone was like, "Right, <laughs> this is food." I'm like, "Candy's not food because I don't eat a lot of candy. <laughs> I just assumed it's like not." I think you also kind of forgot what you put in the stocking. Also, that game was very unfair because Ryan had put in like 16 different things into the stocking that like, I don't know. I I feel like you let somebody win if they guessed one item, but there were like a billion different items in there. I don't even remember it making sense. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, the stocking game is fun. We also did this other one that I like to do besides... You know, there's the, okay, this one actually was fun where we're picking up things with the candy canes. Okay, but you have to, that was you, really fun. So basically, you have a bunch of candy canes on like some sort of surface, right? And then you put a candy cane in your mouth and you use it to pick up the other candy canes, <laughs> but you can't use your hands. And whoever could get yes, the most candy canes. it's like a little hook, so you have to pick up as many candy canes as you can. I think within a time limit, right? Right, and then whoever gets the most wins whatever the prize is. And I think that time it's it was... so funny. It was like a giant... Stupid peanut butter cup i think you won i did and it was good <laughs> the i won a lot of stuff was- that year i think we also did like a white elephant thing because i yeah. remember trading somebody for that huge container with all the different kinds of tea right and i loved it it was like i really made out I, great okay, that i feel party. like everyone would he complains about white elephants if it's like a company party but if it's an actual party with your friends your friends you always get exactly what you want stuff right it's so fun. And also, if people are chill about it and they're not like competitive, like you got to have a good <laughs> I like how people, people get competitive get over a white elephant. This is also well, known as the people, Yankee swap. Usually there will be, yeah, usually there will be one gift that everybody wants. Right. But that's what you don't want to have happen. Like it's it's good if everybody actually brings something that's a decent gift, and which is not that hard if you think right. about and it. For like a, tea, getting people tea, by the way, it's my hot tip. Just buy just a, a multi-pack of tea because yeah. that was like... Awesome. That was like Maddie's like still excited about that tea that she got two years ago. I want tea for Christmas. Ryan, buy me some tea. Well, we'll see. So, well, anyway, the point of these talks because we've talked about Christmas. Christmas. I know this is how I am, though. Everybody on this show knows that I'm obsessed with the holidays. And I just wanted to say that one of the things that we're going to do is the Secret Santa, but we're going to keep it themed to the mutant ages. So that's why. Hell yeah, we are. It's going to work out. It's going to be a very, very small cap because. We don't have any money. And well, remember, well, so. even if you don't have any money, we hope that you will consider donating to right. the Trevor Project right. while, you, while you watch this because it's all about the spirit of giving, folks. Yes. And that is that is the real point That's of it all. True. But um, hopefully we'll give you a laugh along we will. the way We'll as have well. some other events happening as well. And we'll announce them as we go along. Uh, it's going to be hosted mm-hmm. on YouTube. It's going to be live streamed over there. And I will be posting a link and plenty of information about it up to leading up to it. So just... I would say the best thing to do is follow us on our social media, whether it's Facebook, and mark Instagram, your Twitter, put it know, on your calendar. Mark your calendars for the hottest new party yeah. that you're going to be invited to this year. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't, and turn on that little bell to give you a notification for when we go live. That's Slay it. Bells. Now there are 20 minutes into the episode. Let's start the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so this is a listener feedback episode. We are going to read some emails. Yep. We're going to look at some Discord chats. We're going to get some Twitter questions, etc. We're going to hear from the listeners about all the, the season finale. Um, just so you all know, if you haven't joined our our official Discord, we have a listener mail section on there. So if you don't yes, we submit do. via 
email. If you don't send us a voicemail, <laughs> uh, you can go to the Discord. I have found that a lot of our listeners have been taking advantage of that. Well, because they know it's like the most up to date possible way to ask us a question because we look at it like during the day well i mean that's true we do do that but i also have the email open and and i'm reading from it so we're gonna Mm -hmm. hop around here we actually had an email that came in that wasn't supposed to be a listener email we actually reached out to this person asking if we could read their email on the show because we felt like it would be good for other people to hear um Mm -hmm. and it's from another maddie because there's plenty of you i feel like you're all clones of gene gray so we kind of are we're all madeline Pryor. that's true I mean, literally and they wrote hey guys this is maddie i just want to say how much your last few minutes of the most recent ep of the podcast meant to me i've been struggling with my sexuality for a long time now trying to fit into a label all that wonderful stuff maddie i feel the same way as you do i feel odd calling myself bi and for the past few years i've called myself lesbian but i'm attracted to both It's confusing, and I appreciate you guys so much for making me feel like I'm not alone in this. You're getting me through a really rough time in my life right now. Thank you for being you. I'm so glad that this person sent this in because so they're referring to a couple episodes back. Ryan and I like went on one of our classic tangents. This is what we do. Our sexualities. And I don't always leave our tangents in the show because sometimes I listen back to them when I'm editing the show and I'm like, this is really off topic and I need to cut it out or I like cut it down or whatever. And that one I was like kind of hesitant about because I was like, we're getting pretty personal here about how we feel about our sexualities and like, are people going to be weird about this? Are they going to understand that this is just our personal feelings? And I was like, I think people will get this because you're talking about labels and how we both don't always, it's not that I dislike it. I, I can really understand it by the way, even though I don't really like a lot of labels I understand that sometimes people find a label that works for them and that really comforts them and it gives them a sense of belonging. And that's that's what they are resonating with is like, oh, I found this term that really describes my experience and that means a lot to me. I understand that. Unfortunately, it's not really an experience I've had in my life. (laughs) And that's just kind of my pity, I guess, is that I'm like, actually, a lot of these communities don't really feel like they describe me because I do feel like my sexuality is such a wide spectrum and like what i'm into is so varied i don't feel like i have a type like i'm like that's just how i've always yeah i mean i feel that way too i don't feel like i have a type either i mean yeah there's definitely times i've sat there and i've been like wolverine's totally my type because he i mean he is but then there's like i can really be attracted (laughs) i've seen who you've dated and that's not necessarily exactly and the point being is that i feel like when I'm attracted to somebody, which is always, for me, it's a man. I, I am comfortable in saying that I am gay, which is interesting because I did not have that comfort zone for many, many years of my life. And I'm mm-hmm. just now which addressing Which I think is very therapy. relatable. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, I kind of feel like um, I'm I'm comfortable with saying that I'm gay because I, I know in me that I am not attracted to women. But, like, I think the idea of gender is pretty fluid these days and always has been. We're just willing to Mm -hmm. address that. It's just that now we're willing to accept that and like talk about it more openly, which is right. So like really by saying that I can only be attracted to a man, I don't think is necessarily true because I'm not going to like completely erase the trans community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's crazy. And generally when I'm attracted to dudes, I may not be able to be attracted. I'm, I'm generally not one of those people that sees somebody and is like, 
they're hot, I'm going to go flirt with them. I mean, I will certainly look at somebody and say, wow, that person's really hot. And then I kind of like get all turned on like a normal person does because that's just human and biological. Sure. I mean, if you're not asexual. Yeah, but when I start actually having like a crush on somebody, it's usually dependent on what their personalities are. And yeah, same. Never yeah. dependent on what they look like. It's, so there's not really even a type. You know what I mean? So I do. I, I just feel that way. I, I also feel like that we need to do away with labels. I don't feel like they're particularly useful, but well, but right. I feel like for some people, they are useful. Well, I that's mean, what even I'm, if that's they don't the, resonate with the two of us, exactly. I do that's, get that that's they what are I was about to say. People. That's what I was going to say is that you gave me the the counter perspective on that, which I appreciate. I, mean, I, I do. I hope people will understand that even though Ryan and I don't necessarily vibe with a lot of labels, like it's not like I don't get that people do yeah but i also think that sometimes those are just stepping stones to realizing who they how are wide the spectrum yeah. actually is and sort of being at peace with that which i think i, I think it's, giving yourself a label helps you accept things about yourself that you otherwise wouldn't because you couldn't necessarily understand them and sometimes feelings are just that they're just feelings but i do think that like giving it a label does in fact help with that so even though i don't feel like they're particularly useful for me and it, apparently to other people too, which is great to hear that. But like, also mm -hmm. like, I think, I think it does help people understand a little bit better who they are. Like, like it's and also not being afraid of label. If you feel like it does fit you, but you don't want to be labeled that. Cause I certainly, yeah. I, I am now reckoned. I mean, I've talked about it on this show. We both have how we really couldn't come out very easily mm -hmm. when we were kids, but like, I didn't start being feeling comfortable coming out to people outside of like our very close friends group and very close family members until like somewhere in my twenties, which was not that long ago in retrospect, but like, I didn't, I didn't realize how damaging the process of not being able to accept yourself for almost two decades of your life because of mm -hmm. what everyone else around you in the media and the world were saying about gay people and how dangerous it was. You know what I mean? I do. So yeah. it's, I mean it's very difficult to also accept a label. And I think that may be in part why I'm sort of anti-label because I've had that experience. But at the same time, I also feel like people like what they like and it's pretty fluid. So yeah, that's kind of like my yeah. speech, <laughs> my tangent. I, I agree. I, I just, I don't know. It was nice to get this email because obviously sometimes we get really personal on the show or say stuff that makes us vulnerable. Uh, well, especially with watching the X-Men, which is, they're, they're certainly metaphors for many things, but they are certain, they are most definitely metaphors for the queer community. And that is absolutely An experience. true. Yeah. I mean, it, it speaks to us and that's part of why we get kind of vulnerable on the show sometimes because like sometimes I'll watch the show and it'll just bring me back to being a teenager again. I get have like a huge emotional reaction like especially with X-Men Evolution. Yeah and be like oh I remember that yeah it's just intense. It's just a heavy feeling and so anyway there's this follow-up email here that is from myself in the future or something that I wanted to talk about because it just came out in a separate conversation <laughs> not related to the mutant ages but then I was like this is actually kind of relevant to what we were just talking about. Um, so Great. it says, hey, mutant ages, this is Ryan from the past teleporting into the future to go back and write an email in the present. Time travel's mm -hmm. real. Also, so is, so is pluggy. Sorry, Maddie. Anyway, I was chatting <laughs> I with some <laughs> I was chatting with some of my friends who identify as bisexual. And one of them said they dislike being called queer because it is used historically. It was used historically as a That's derogatory right. slang mm -hmm. at, a, at the expense of those who were not straight. They did not like the idea of reclaiming insult words to be something more meaningful. I thought this was an interesting point of view and one 
that I think many people wrestle with. Yeah. As our conversation continued, they also talked about how they wished bisexual, homosexual characters weren't a big deal on TV, not because they didn't want it to be there, but because they felt like it was being shoved in their face and made it less genuine. What they want is there to be a representation of these characters on TV, movie, books, games, and a balance with straight characters for it to be acted like that was normal. My argument was that this was still so new and that I appreciated it because I didn't have that at all growing up, which they felt like was an extremely fair point, but it did have me thinking about how the perspective was also not wrong. Finally, one of them said that they were at a a pride parade or like a pride event a few years ago, and they were looking for a bisexual flag while they were there and were faced by many people in the gay community who would say such such things as, you're not really gay, get out of here. Mm-hmm. They never found the appropriate flag and felt ostracized by the gay community for being bisexual. This, unfortunately, is something that I know happens and is in part why I had a hard time wrestling with my own sexuality growing up was because certain corners of the gay community were catting exclusive like this, and I didn't want to be that way. Thankfully, mm-hmm. thankfully that really is not actually the case. And we have really expanded and opened up the LGBTQ community in ways that we haven't had over the past six years. I felt like this was actually a really important conversation that I think that our listeners would want to hear and discuss about on the show. What are your experiences with this, Maddie and Ryan? Okay, I'm teleporting back to the Macy's Day Parade where Cable, Logan, Bobby, Julie, Sage, Emma, Storm, Jean, Kurt, Warren, Laura, Kitty, Tabitha, and and I are all (laughs) secretly watching the parade. Although, since there are several of us, it's probably not a secret. Womp womp. I hope Logan kisses me when Santa goes by. See you next time. Ryan, a.k.a. Snapshot. Oh, whoops. I took another picture with my eyes. Bye. Oh, my God. Okay, we're not going to solve all of these issues on the show today. I'm no, we are not. I'm just going to say that we right are not. now. There are definitely, like, that discussion about reclaiming slurs is yes. one that pretty much every marginalized community has. Right. all the time about slurs like it's not a new one i don't think it's something that can be solved by us or anyone like it's just a i don't huge think these thing. questions necessarily need to be solved but i they do want to open up the conversation because i think while we were talking about uh people feeling uncomfortable labeling themselves or they mm-hmm. felt like they felt very comfortable labeling themselves i felt like this was very relevant and i felt like our listeners would want to hear that they're not alone in this experience and i also want to say that the gay community isn't like this exclusive. I know that there's the quote unquote caddy gays, but there's also there caddies. I, I feel like I'm just going to put this out, out, out there, but there are caddy straight people too. Just <laughs> floating course. that out there. Like, people, human beings love to be exclusionary. It's like yes. the main deal that we do, which yeah. is sad. And, um, and if somebody ever turns that. to you and says, you're not real, like your feelings aren't valid because the way you feel like, fuck those people. Like yeah, be walk right the fuck away. It's hard, though, if you already hate yourself. Like, I I mean, those kinds of people definitely did send me back into the closet. Like, I've been in and out of the closet, like, repeatedly over the course of my life, which I think is a very common bisexual experience. Because, like, you know, you're a woman, you date a man for a while, people forget that you were ever attracted to women. And, like, if you don't And then they're, like, blown away by the concept of it when you're like, I'm dating a girl now. (laughs) It's... I don't know. It just confuses people because it doesn't occur to them that that exists. And like our society is so binary, so focused on, I mean, frankly, labels and like the idea of putting people in boxes. And like, although that's comforting some people, again, it's never been comforting to me. I, I feel like I don't know that queer is a great word either. I mean, none of these words are good, but it's it's really just like 
to me, I've always thought that reclaiming slurs is possible for people who had them used against them. I get that it's uncomfortable for some people and I respect that. But for me, at least I've always thought it's okay. And also like queer has many other meanings besides that. It's been used in academic circles for a very long time to mean other things. So to me, it's so okay. So it's literally the word gay. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I mean, I, but but I also know there are people who reclaim slurs like dyke and like that's a much more strong word. I I, I don't know. So this is this is an not even I wouldn't even say an argument, more like a discussion that's been going on for a very long in time. The LGBT community for like way longer than we've been alive and will probably continue forever and ever because there will always be these words. But I feel like really what I'm getting at, though, is like those terms and the reason why they exist is because people are just trying to find a way to describe this. And it's kind of undescribable. So it's like, I don't really know how to describe myself anymore i have to use word english words because that's the language (laughs) yeah i think some people need to like have that validation (laughs) that aren't yourself so like sometimes you may wrestle with that label because somebody else needs to understand they can't i mean look at our friends i'm not going to name drop them because that's not that's not fair but we have two friends that are now married but like one of them had been predominantly quote unquote straight for most of her life and then right then she fell in love with this woman and her mom's like so are you bisexual and she was like well, no, I just I love who I love. It's not really about the gender. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, for my sake, I'm just going to say you're bisexual because I don't understand it otherwise. You know what I mean? Right. right. I think yeah. that sometimes happens, too. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I've I've certainly had conversations with people who like are confused by me or whatever and, and are like, well, are you just gay now or, or whatever? And I'm like, that's fine. I, I get that people have trouble with the idea of dating whoever you love. I, right. I don't know. We could go on about this for like 10 years. We could. I, I mean, I felt like, like, as I said, I felt like this is a good conversation to have. I don't think it's one we should be afraid of having basically. No. And I, I think, I think also I, I kind of agree sometimes with the idea of like the way that queer people are depicted in media. Like sometimes it is too hokey for me. <laughs> like sometimes yeah, okay, I'm like, so, can we yeah. please? <laughs> like, but, but it really, it depends on the day. It depends on my mood. It depends pretend, on the show. It depends on know? the show. Like I'm finally <laughs> catching up in she right, right now, which has a lot of gay characters in it, but it I don't does. feel like any of that is even shoved in my face. I think that is a show where they have an equal amount of like straight characters and like not, they even have like uh, non-binary characters on there. And that's happening mm-hmm. a lot too in movies and stuff, yeah. which I think is great. I do think that this, there is a point here where my friends were discussing how they just wanted to be normalized. And I think I that is, that. I think that comes out of like us wanting to feel normal. Not like the whole idea that we have to label ourselves because like people won't understand otherwise. Or because people assume everything is straight and all of society is defined by that assumption and how we've rigidly defined those rules, which by the way, harms straight people. Like it harms everyone to define everything in these ways. It really, really, really does. I mean, like, I think this is, I mean, I get, I don't get into any arguments with people online because that's not the kind of person I am. But, you know, I do see, look at the comments that are left on, whatever social media that we have here, because that's a thing that I do just to ensure Mm -hmm. that, you know, like nothing's getting out of control and I don't engage with trolls. I never do, but I generally find that there's also like a lot of straight straight men. I don't think they're necessarily all white, but I do think there's a lot of straight men that are like really mad about stuff. Like this past week, I saw men be mad about the fact that Laura's also called Wolverine and that Mm -hmm. she was better when she was a killing machine and when she didn't have emotions or the other one I saw was like, Kitty can't be bi because she dated a man before. And it's like, what the fuck kind of cool? Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I, I think 
these men that or I would say women can do this too, but I think anybody I mean, that wrestles with this. I think it's just close-minded people and I I blame them, but I also don't blame them at the same time because I'm like that's what all of us are raised in all the time Which and like is I terrifying. am having to let go of these toxic attitudes constantly in my well, life. Also, like, I feel like a lot of these people do have these other feelings that they don't want to address because they've been told it's sometimes, bad. Sometimes, yes, or even if you are straight, you might still think to yourself, well, I need to operate according to this certain gender role because that's what I've always been told from childhood that I'm supposed to operate in and it's oppressive and like I want to maybe escape that and you feel like you can't or you're afraid of it and you're like, well, if I feel this way, that's dangerous. I mean, this is like what you're told your whole life is that it's like, oh, it's bad to act outside the norm. I don't know. I all of that is really sad to me. So I, I guess all this to say, I, I'm glad that sometimes there is hokey media that includes something that doesn't, isn't like perfect representation or is right. like very over the top or like in your face or whatever. Like that's okay with me in the long run because I'm like, well, at least it's there. And we say this all, all the time on the show, but like we did not have this growing up and it's really worth emphasizing that for the billionth time because I, agree. I feel like sometimes when I watch she or whatever as an adult, I'm like, this could have changed my life as a child. That's how I feel about Steven Universe. You know what yeah, I mean? Same where I'm like, yeah, like sometimes it's corny, like whatever. I like Steven Universe. I like she but it's like, sometimes I'm like, this is kind of corny. But if I had been watching that when I was 10, it would have really, it would have changed, it would have changed everything. And I think, I think a lot of us did find that still in characters that were labeled as straight when we, we did kids. i mean we talk about it on the show all the time <laughs> i mean like, <laughs> like, there's, like, a, there's a reason that. why the gay community loves team rocket there's a reason you know god yes you yes. know and i, I think th- i also want to say that like right now I, when i think about it almost every single show and movie has at least one gay character in it now which is like crazy that's to crazy. me because like that's that's still huge and it's yeah it's huge and shoved in her face and hokey but I think in the long run, it's going it, to what it's doing is opening up the pathway for it to be normalized for us to have gender neutral characters or like fluid characters. That's a more accurate way to say it, gender fluid and, you know, uh, bisexual, pansexual, uh, straight, gay, just all of it will be in there. You know, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's really important that we're working towards that. So, yeah, it's in shoved in her face now, but I think it kind of needs to be so people understand that it's not a big deal in the long this, run. It's here. It's not a big it's here. It's not a big deal. And the more we do it, the more normal it's going to get. And then and then we can look at 15 years from now and see where we're at then. And hopefully it is just like, I oh, it's just totally getting better. I hope I think so. so, too. I mean, just because the progressism we have seen the past six years, I mean, since we had uh, marriage legalized for us, and yeah, mm-hmm. we were really worried about our rights being infringed upon recently with current politics. But because of that, the outpouring of people coming out of the closet has been explosively high in the past six years and everybody becoming comfortable about talking about these things. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to hide this at all anymore. Like, I feel like I talk to anyone. I mean, it's like, oh, I'm just I don't even have to, like, make that announcement that I used to when I was younger. It's like I'm gay when I would meet somebody. I just be like, oh, yeah, I'm not into so and so. And then. If somebody's like, oh, what's your type? They'll like point out a guy and they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Like it's very, you know, it's very casual now in a way that it didn't used to be. And so I think Mm -hmm. because of that, I think TV and media will also change in that kind of way. Yeah. And I think part of that is because media has changed. Like people who maybe are like, oh, I don't know any gay people and I don't know anything about that, which like, first of all, yes, you do. You just don't know it. But like seeing that on a television show and presented casually 
that actually does make a difference. Like it does. That's it part does. of why analyzing media is important and like is worth doing. And why we analyze X Men specifically. <laughs> like yes, X Men Evolution, do. by the way, is the gayest show that we grew up with. Probably, it's very probably. gay. Well, it's I mean, there's Shira. Shira's pretty gay too. But it is. Although that came out before we were born. If you're talking about the first one, 1985. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw some female and Shira one as a kid. So you did. I mean, it was always on. Like it right. was on in reruns. It just wasn't. We were little babies. You were a little baby, and I was not yet born. Anyway, so I hope that like helps all y'all out and we're gonna jump into some x-men questions now i I just felt like all that was relevant and i feel like a lot of our listeners like hearing about that stuff so yeah right on all right so let's jump into some emails from elena who always sends in her thoughts so (laughs) elena elena was writing about shadowed thoughts on shadows past and she first writes one oh my god kitty has a dragon plushie lockheed reference right question mark Mm. i feel like she later actually has a lot an actual lockheed plushie but maybe i'm wrong i don't know oh my goodness this is just reminding me of new mutants which we have to record next week but we already watched anyway oh my god yeah we'll save it for that we're not talking about it anyway that's really cool cool lockheed reference (laughs) if it's there uh two i don't understand how and why magneto can control wolves uh I love that interpretation of that scene, by the way, because Elena, that actually wasn't how I interpreted it. I thought it was just like the wolves were there. Were there, yeah, but anyway, like they just, and, like, he's just floating attacking. above them. I don't know. But he, and well, Magneto was just letting it happen. That, What's with these what wolves that are attacking people? That's not even a thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, it's literally Beauty and the Beast. We talk about Beauty and the Beast so much on this show, but I blame the television shows for being obsessed with it. So whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. Floki's there. Three, little callback to the best play of all time on the back of Rogue and Kitty's bedroom door. And they put up a poster of Dracula the musical on their door. <laughs> okay, that's actually really cute. I don't know how I, I didn't notice also, that. They would, of course they would do that because the two of them start in it together. And that's like what brings them together as friends. They were like the sexy wives together, which is really funny. Yeah, to me. I know. It is funny. Four, leaving a note for someone and then showing up to meet them in a deserted area while shrouded by a cloak seems to happen a lot on the X-Men. And then it does. She sh- she sent a picture of the fake Magda from Family Ties and then yeah. also the most recent one with Mystique in the first mm-hmm. appearance of Cloakie. Cloakie. Okay, arguably this is not the first appearance of Cloakie. I would argue that Magda was also wearing Cloakie. Anytime someone's wearing a cloak, it's Cloakie now. Hold on. Hold on. I have to send these to you in Slack <laughs> and then explain them to you. Okay, I'm looking at these. Looking okay, at so- these items. Five, a completely heterosexual pair of panels. <laughs> a, shot of mostly Pietra's ass and Kurt looking confused. Okay, and Toad like on the ground looking at Kurt's ass. Yeah, okay, so it's like, it's from the Shadow Past episode when they're fighting in the... Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's constantly construction sites on this show. This is like what this show is obsessed with, is construction sites. Do you think this show was going to construction, it was going to do like a mall thing once when it's done an ad jubilee officially? Probably. Uh, anyway, and... <laughs> B, every couple looking for a third on Grinder, which it's like Fred oh and Pietro God. looking it's over so at Kurt. funny. I love Pietro's little vampy lean in this screenshot. It's Okay, Pietro is actually gay Also, Pietro this, looks like Elsa. Like his little outfit. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like I haven't ever really paid attention to his outfit because I like haven't paused it and taken a screenshot as Elena has so helpfully done. But like look at the cut of this like listen what pietro's okay but happening? pietro is also the only one on their entire team who made his own costume the rest of them were giving costumes pietro's like i sewed this all by myself we're like pietro what okay 
I actually love his outfit now that I'm actually looking at it. It's so gay. It. It's like it's tw- it's 100% gay. You're right. It does look like Elsa and like white and green. It's beautiful. And meanwhile, Fred like looks like a biker dude. Like he's wearing like a cutoff vest. I haven't really like stopped to look at the outfits before and I like them. I mean, Fred I like, has a mohawk, of course. We haven't well, really I talked mean, about I like this. all the outfits on Evolution. I think they did a yeah. good job at animating that and being creative. I even like Toad's freaking weird outfit, even though it has that huge hood that makes him I also, look okay, weird. Do you know something I like about this show is that these characters also have different outfits throughout different episodes so like they'll put on different clothes but then they'll rewear all their outfits to show that they still have those clothes which is something you never see on a cartoon I know. it's kind of cool i They're really like enjoy actual that. teenagers who change their clothes but also only have like a certain outfit they yeah really i like. mean like that's that's what we all do mm-hmm. okay and then six is the thing i love about rogue is that she doesn't have any special flashy attack like everyone else she literally just tackles people long yes. live cloaky I'm glad people are getting on board with Cloaky. I mean, good. Cloaky's here to stay, so you may as well get ready for it. Um, Mm -hmm. The next one she writes about is my only note on Grim Reminder. This is not a drill. According (laughs) to the floor plan from the last episode and the guitar in the corner, Kitty woke up in Rogue's bed. It's canon, everyone. Okay, you sent this to me immediately, and I lost my mind. And I yeah, right because like, how is this possible? I could not believe we didn't notice this. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna save this so we can post it to our Twitter after this episode comes off. Yeah. Because I actually ship Kitty and Rogue now on this show. I feel like they're meant to be. They're already sharing a room together and they have sexual chemistry. And like the implication of Kitty waking up in Rogue's bed is. It's amazing. Well, also, Especially because this is her live journal entry episode that she's waking up in Rogue's bed and she starts out the letter to her parents writing about Rogue and how she's dangerous to get close to. And right. like, if that happens, like the night after she and Rogue hooked up, plus this is when she walks in on Rogue in the bathroom, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is. And also, when you look at the photo, which I just sent you again, it's Kitty sleeping in the bed that Rogue was sleeping in the previous episode. There are two pillows in the bed. There are two side pillows by side. and Kitty has her arm like over on the other side as though Rogue rogue had like snuck away from spooning with her yeah it's crazy i okay something i like i absolutely respect about evolution is that the production team of this show they were like all about bringing these characters in and making the queer they like knew that's what they were going for but they couldn't say that so they're just Mm -hmm. like everybody in this is kind of gay so yeah i I thought that was crazy yeah like i actually do wonder if this was intentional I, I mean, I, I do we too. say that all the time, but for real this time, I'm like, was this intentional? Anyway, I'm just going to choose to believe that it was. Kitty does not have a love interest in this show. And also Kitty is a character. Okay. By the way, Chris Claremont wrote Kitty to be like bisexual or gay. Like he has mm-hmm. said that. And so the idea that there's people out there who are also saying like Kitty can't be bi. It's like she was literally written by like, her creator said that she is like from the get-go but they weren't allowed i'm just to ignoring the those codes. people know, they don't even stupid. matter to me like whatever she's by it's canon already and also like i don't know i just feel like this experience between rogue and kitty it just feels very realistic to me of like them kind of disliking each other teasing each other like all that shit but they're that from like worlds apart also you know yeah I because know. They, they, they are like they are pro- parallels or not parallels they're like whatever the opposite of a parallel is you know because yeah, kitty like, kitty's like the the rich privileged girl who's like coming to the mansion yeah, and, and her parents rogue accept like, her by the yeah, way uh-huh and rogue has a much harder life i don't know but she's like probably envious of kitty on some level and like wants the stability that kitty has in her life it's cool yeah true um okay so finally she writes cauldron of thoughts part one (laughs) one you know how you seriously identify with the character and then they do or say something that just 
does not compute. Rogue mm-hmm. saying, I hate cats seriously wounded me when I was watching this as a teenager. <laughs> okay. That's funny. I also had that feeling where I was like, what? Why does Rogue hate cats? Wait, cats but also, also, that cat turned out to be Mystique still manipulating her. So honestly, a stupid joke where it was like, okay, the cat is Mystique and Rogue just has a bad feeling about the cat. But. Yeah, well, the thing is that you're never going to find... Here's what, my answer to that, is that there's lots of characters we can hardcore relate to, but there's always some parts that don't completely fit because we like there's nobody else in the world that's going to be like you. Every single, this is what's interesting about humans. There are people that can be really similar and relatable, mm-hmm. but we're all all very different. We like This is what our brains do. We're all little, we're little, like, little Daleks in Dalek suits. That's what we are, except we're better than that. <laughs> I uh, like how surprisingly deep you're getting about rogating cats. You like just got on your little soapbox and you're like, different people are different. And that's just how it is. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. I guess well, you're okay. right. I mean, also, like, I mean, Daleks is- in human suits. I don't know where you're going with that one. <laughs> Aliens right? in skin suits. I well, was kind of going along with it. I was like, you know what? Right. I don't even really watch Doctor Who. So I don't know why I'm even making that reference. I know. It was a, a weird poll for you. People don't even know how weird that was. That was weird. I mean, you're more for, of a Torchwood guy. Yeah, like Torchwood is where it's at. I was really only on the doctor who trained for captain jack so again because that show was also like super gay gay so anyway (laughs) uh two canonically it is hard for kitty to phase through especially dense material i wish they had made it clear that's why kitty fainted going through the sand and not another Mm. joke at the expense of blob's body type oh i hate it i hate it uh here's an image coming your way maddie Oh my god, yes! Okay, right, so three, I <laughs> ship it. Storm and Mystique are kind of reverse mirror image versions of each other in this cartoon, being the main lady on each respective side, but I wish yep. Storm could have as much freedom as Mystique to make moves on the board. Make Storm actually the field leader in second command. The person Xavier needs to challenge him so he doesn't go completely evil. Thanks yeah. for suffering through this weirdest fuck season finale, Maddie and Ryan. Okay, so... <laughs> weird thank you elena for sending us these images by the way this image is of mystique leaping on top of storm who is choking her and it's very sexual and i love it and i love that i also am gonna mention that i feel like mystique actually doesn't get all the freedom she wants because magneto spends all that time like but she pushes for it and that's important like mystique is actually actively pushing against magneto well that's what we're gonna see see in season two which is really interesting Right. Yeah, I just I just wish Storm would get a similar arc where at least she's questioning Xavier more like she's barely on the show. I don't know. It's part of why I liked this this fight scene with her and Mystique so much because it was like the first time we've gotten to see Storm have her powers and actually fight. And also the first time she's done anything that even fucking mattered at all. But like, I don't know. She basically immediately got put into a tentacle orb and then didn't scarcely do anything in even part two of the finale so whatever it's sad right yeah no i agree and i'm really interested to see how that plays out in season two because i know season two pretty well but like i well but i feel like for mystique anyway i feel like i I had been underestimating her story until we rewatched season one for this show so now i kind of want to see what happens so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um all right so next email um this one's from the discord it says who would you save from totally not mr sinister this is a long question. Also, please don't use ethics or morality answering it. If Logan, <laughs> Kurt, and Mr. Sinister, and Mr. Sinister were all about to die, who would you save? And they would be permanently dead. Not coming back and no bullshit old man Logan either. We can only save one? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'll let you finish the actual question. As well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could, it's, like, it's like they're all about to. You can only save, save one. And then it says... You can only kill one of these two, Apocalypse or Xavier. The other character won't die except for like two month events or whatever. 
So let's answer the first question. If Logan Kerr or Mr. Sinister were all about to die, who hmm. would you save? That's a tough one. I mean, I already I have my answer, so I can help you. Okay, go. Okay. Here's my answer. I'm going to go with Kurt and allow me to explain. Okay. First of all, we love Mr. Sinister, but he's not actually a good person. <laughs> yeah, right. I know we're not supposed to use ethics when answering this, but you can't you can't not use ethics. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you have to fucking use ethics. Like, what else am I going to use? Randomly picking it out of a hat? No one wants that. You want me to have my, my decision making explained. So, yes, I love Mr. Sinister. Of this lineup of people, like, you're not going to save Mr. Sinister because, like, come on, he kills people. Like, it's not good. And also, even if you kill Mr. Sinister, you can't actually kill that guy. Like, I know the premise of the question is that he actually dies, but there's, like, a billion Sinister clones, and the clones aren't included here. So, like unless it's like okay, even if even if i'm killing every single sinister clone that's okay with me because like whatever we have the stories we have with sinister he would just be dead so forever and the other reason the reason why i would pick logan is because logan actually wants to die he's also lived a really long life and like he is kind of good like he's had a lot of adventures he's done a lot of cool shit and logan would happily die if it meant that kurt could live and kurt like Unlike Logan and Mr. Sinister, who kind of have multiple lives and like really long histories and like all that shit, like superpowers that have allowed them to live in tons of generations and have all these adventures and so on. Kurt is just a dude. Like, he deserves to live in my book out of those particular three characters. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Originally, I was going to say Logan just because I love Logan, but I think it makes more sense because first of all, Logan lives forever anyway, so he's still going to be there. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is assuming that this would finally be the true death that Logan has actually always wanted to be able to experience. So, right. So, well, I'm going to answer Kurt as well. However, Mm -hmm. I almost said Mr. Sinister because, because, (laughs) because you're asking me that these three characters are going to be permanently dead and they will not come to life. Those characters, those specific characters will not come back to life. But if you let Mr. Sinister live, he will have already cloned them. So there's still plenty of you can still have Kurt and Logan be alive because there's no right. Uh, there's no restrictions on that. According to you this can question, just use Mr. Sinister's powers to bring them back to life in some other form. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I like mean, that's kind of like a cop out, though. It is. But I do think Kurt <laughs> is the right answer. I forget that. Okay, I, mean, I feel like Kurt is probably the moral answer i don't know i your answer is the immoral answer where it's like you cheat the question mr sinister style <laughs> yeah. and you're like i save mr sinister so that he can create a plot hole listen i the i am is good invalid. at finding loopholes i have written and edited many contracts in my life i know where the loops mm-hmm. are loopholes are uh anyway Great. uh so if we had to kill between apocalypse and xavier i still say xavier me too that dude's actually evil apocalypse even is- if we discount the new apocalypse comics that you actually like even if we discount those also this question, you can't kill Apocalypse. Like, canonically, we know that Apocalypse comes back in some form no matter what. Xavier doesn't. Let's fucking get that guy. Yeah, like, seriously. I, I mean, I think there's even earlier iterations of Apocalypse where he's still better than Xavier in the sense that, like, he at least cares enough about mutants to, like, not fuck with them like also, Xavier like, does. If Okay, even if we're talking about the most evil version of Apocalypse, he's kind of not a person. He's more like a force of nature, and I can understand the logic of that, where like he right. represents the downfall 
of everything and and just that idea of like everything good comes to an end and like if if he represents that idea i'm like okay fine i can get on board with that and like understand like he's he's the passage of time you know like he's he represents all these things that i understand and like i don't need to get rid of that stuff um xavier is just an individual who sucks and <laughs> yeah, i'm he's ready awful. for him to go like his influence is poisonous and bad and yeah. he treats people like shit so there's Fuck no that guy. saving I like that how, guy. I like how bad you are right now. You're like, that guy's a piece of shit. He needs to die. He's the poison of the human, the mutant race. Like, oh my he God. He is though. He is though. Anyway, that was an easy one. That was easier yeah. than the first question. Now, there's actually one more question here that says, and the final question, have all the characters come out or have almost every run in the future be good? I think the question here is like, would you want every run of the X-Men to be good or do you want all the characters to come out? That mm. is that is a tough call. I'm going to say have almost every run in the future be good because in order for it to be good, the characters will have to come out. Again, a classic Mr. Sinister answer. Like, oh my God, Ryan, that's so funny. Yeah, um, I like how we answer things. We're like, that is like, like I'm going to come up with the answer that basically gets me everything I want without any of the limitations imposed on me by the question. <laughs> it's like, okay, Ryan. Um, Ryan does not paint inside the lines. Okay, well, I'm going to give the realistic answer, which is that I'd actually rather have the characters come out. I can put up with some bad storylines because I take that with the assumption that some of the storylines will be good. And right. that's how what we already have now. We already have bad comics and good comics and bad comics and good movies. And we're used to that. And that's completely fine. That's already the reality we live in now. Some sort of weird fantastical reality where every single thing is good. Like, I don't even know what that looks like or means. So I don't really care about voting against it. So really, I'm just voting for like the characters coming out because like, yeah, I want that. That sounds uh, great. I, yeah, I want that too, obviously. And we're we're on our way. Just make Logan be by All of his children are bisexual. Why not? Okay, wait, fun fact, <laughs> by the way. Laura was written to be gay originally. I did not know that until like I Ooh, until I was we're gonna have all... to do an X twenty three character spotlight when we get there. Yeah, well, they... we were talking about that before we started recording, and I was like demanding. To yeah, do that it. that creator that creator came out and he's like, she's like, he was like, I see Laura as gay. I don't know why they made her like date a dude. Like, what I yeah, don't understand. I was I like, I could totally see that reading as well for what it's worth. Which then anyway. makes if so if that's the case, we know that Dakin's by. And mm-hmm. we also know that Gabby's Ryan bi. believes that gayness is genetic, and I don't. Well, at least in Wolverine's place, they're all clones of him to some degree. All right, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't so, make any sense, I, though, I'm just, to think about it that way, but whatever. Okay, it's well, fine. here's a good follow-up question from Bahamut that writes, uh, is Dakin a disaster bisexual, yes or no? <laughs> I mean, I think yes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this person is referring to the trope disaster bisexual which is sort of like a way that people describe bisexual characters because a lot of times they are disasters in an endearing way where like, you know, they make bad choices or whatever. And it's well, funny. So like a gay and straight people, but whatever. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's, it's definitely like a trope to like have the bi person who like can't make decisions or like function in any way. But I, I don't know. It's like a, it's an endearing trope. I would say, um, I guess I would describe Dakin that way. Sometimes he does. Okay. Though. Sometimes he's not a disaster. Well, but I think, I think Dakin just like, does whatever he doesn't really think about consequence so that's sort of his, his his deal I think that fits in with the disaster bisexual card yeah like at least like logan like he like fucks somebody he cares about logan like falls in love with that person though like it's logan dick is just like we're here now we may as well just fuck or like <laughs> there's a person here we should probably fuck like that's mm-hmm. kind of deacon's deal which respect yeah. whatever yeah i mean be nice to live life that way yeah uh let's keep on going down this route and say this one just came in like yesterday from drake that says 
Since this is going around on Twitter, if you had to kiss an X-Men character who shares the first letter of your first name, who are you kissing? Uh, Mystique, I guess. Oh, damn. Yeah. I'm trying to... Okay, I wouldn't mind kissing Magneto either. I'm thinking of ones that start with M. Yeah, I'm, I have to look them up because I can't think of any of the yeah, start with R. Yeah, those are the first two that, that come to mind. Oh, well, I guess I'm there's gonna... Rogue, but I'm not going to kiss Rogue because that seems dangerous and also I'm gay. So, I mean, there's... <laughs> you don't kiss Rogue. You can kiss Remy. <laughs> Oh wait! Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll take Remy. I like. I'm like. Can you please help me with this? Because like, I'm thinking of all the. You're like trying to think of characters. There's actually not a lot that begins with an R. But I mean, like, unless we use like their first names, in which case that gives us a little bit more wiggle room. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I could kiss Remy. Remy, definitely not Gambit. Just Remy. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. Okay, Morph. I could kiss. I. I think I'm gonna stick with my top answer, which is Mystique, because that's fine. Yeah, I mean, there's. I know there's I know there's rock slide, but again, I wouldn't want to kiss him either. So this is like a tough question. Yeah, it's kind of harder for you than me. I'm realizing there's actually a lot of characters. Why there's so many M's for, <laughs> for Maddie? Like, well, I have so many questions. Well, because starts with M, so... Oh, I wait, hold on, hold on. I know I have an answer. I have an answer. Okay, Richter. Great. Richter, who's actually oh, yeah, canonically okay. gay. And okay, okay. he's the character they based Lance uh, off of an X-Men Evolution, who I definitely was super attracted to when I was a kid. And Katie, wow. Katie was thinking about that recently. She's like, would you, she's like, what was that period of time where you're trying to fuck Avalanche? Like, wow, that's kind of funny. Cause he kind of is a dick on this show. This he's a like dick a in the comics too. Just understand he's a dick. Like, oh, Ryan, that's what Ryan's type actually is. Sometimes <laughs> Look at what you're actually actively working on. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tease you. Um, you no. can do better than, than Avalanche. Yeah, well, we can all do better there. than that. Okay. Oh Let's boy. see. I think I think that's a good thing. We'll do one more fun one here where Twink Slayer writes, in light of the Transformers crossover, what are your thoughts? And what series would you be interested in seeing crossover with the X-Men? Wait. That's a great I question. Didn't know there was a Transformers X-Men crossover. No, there isn't. It's just it. that toy. It's the toy. Oh, that, right. that fucking toy that you hate? on the show? Okay, no. we need to talk about this first do because we? nobody even knows what we're talking about. Okay, we can't okay. just say Transformers Cyclops X-Men crossover is a robot and act now. like people know. I just okay. screamed Cyclops. Cyclops is a robot. So Cyclops, there's a toy that's like a version of the X-Jet it that just is a Transformer out. and it turns into Cyclops and we <laughs> had this whole conversation in the Slack with Todd about how I was like, oh, you know, Cyclops turns into a jet and like Mystique turns into a jet, you know, all the classic bits that we do with each other. I don't know. I feel like it makes certain kind of sense that Cyclops can turn into a jet and contain Wolverine and Sabretooth inside of him. That right. is weird, but it makes sense. What other crossovers would we want? I don't know. Well, she I was, I was, oh, she would be good. Steven I mean, te- Universe? technically, I've already been doing this on Warcraft Valley for a very long time. Yeah, so. you have gargoyles is already the answer apparently. yeah gargoyles says, well that would be katie's answer like if she were here she'd just be like we did it's this it's gargoyles answer, and she'd also cross it over with thundercats which by the way in warcraft valley they did cross over and panther and wolverine have fucked way too many times that makes so much sense though like some of these crossovers are just like duh like of course like wolverine has a type even what, if we yeah don't. right and it, i think we did a little bit of the resident evil x-men crossover but that that gets complicated really quick because then it's like, well, there's no way you can have the Umbrella Corporation without it being run by completely by Mr. Sinister, you know? Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, I mean, that's just I don't what know you why I'm complaining about that. I just yeah, realized how like, fantastic. That's a huge problem. And then, like, as you're describing it, you're like, wait, that's what's good about it. That's what I want. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I can't think of any other comic books I would want them to cross over with. We did do the DC crosses into the 
the Marvel Universe in Warcraft Valley That's at least. It's so weird though. They have such different tones. They and, like, really do. And like none of those characters really interact well. It's like for by the way, if you don't know where Cry Valley is at this point, that's the other podcast we do where Katie and I reread our old X-Men fan fictions, which are mm-hmm. exactly what we're describing here. But like there's no point in time where like Batman and Tony Stark are hanging out or like literally any of the X-Men are getting along. It's just it's to the point where I like it just doesn't even make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. I do know. I, I feel like all the crossovers we just listed answer the question perfectly well. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, we just listed like 10 things and we're like, I don't know how to answer this. It's like, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I think the answer here is that you could come like anything that reminds you of the X-Men could probably get crossed over into the X-Men. But I like think Resident Evil, if I had to pick just one, I think Resident Evil is a really fun answer, like, think, especially if there were toys or like an yeah. official comic or novel or whatever. That would be really fun. I think I also think I mean, if Katie here, the answer would be gargoyles, because I do think that fits probably the best uh, kind of although gargoyles is kind of interesting because it's it has its own internal magic and logic and rules that all yeah. fits really well within that universe that is super different from X-Men, whereas Resident Evil, it's like kind of easy. Like it you is, can just it be is. like, it but like also like works. it could be like it turns out Weapon X was run by the Umbrella Corporation. Yeah, like it, you can already have it in the same world on some level and like right. have it make a certain kind of sense. I don't know. I, I feel like it's almost too easy. Whereas Gargoyles, you have to be like, uh, well, um, different people have different powers and there's magic and I don't know. Well, I mean, but that's already <laughs> happening in X-Men. Okay, so yeah, if my right. if I had to pick one answer, it would actually not be any of those things. I would probably cross it over with Ninja Turtles because I feel like because <laughs> okay. like well, because ah. the whole the whole thing with the Ninja Turtles is about mutation. I know, but like that's a really funny answer. I mean, to I, me. but like I absolutely would like to see team ups of these characters like april o'neill and gene gray would be fantastic but like i don't know donatello and beast coming together in like a pack together like a toy pack it's like here's our super nerds of each team you know that is pretty cute then you get like leonardo and wolverine teaming up or something like that i don't know shredder and magneto i I don't Mm -hmm, know shredder mm -hmm. on magneto Shredder and Magneto would get along very well, but I'd like to see them try. No, I mean, but I also like this idea that they're down in the sewers and then there's like a crossover where they run into the Morlocks. The Morlocks. Yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that would be fun. So anyway, it would be it would be you sold me on it. Yeah, good. So also from totally mis- not Mr. Sinister, they write, what are your thoughts on other Marvel characters and teams? Also, mm. what are your thoughts on current X-Men comics? Okay, so that's 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 an interesting one. Um, it is. I, I guess we can talk about Fantastic Four and Avengers. I, you, know, you know, I don't I, think we actually talk about... We talk about stuff related to the MCU that has to do with X-Men, but we don't really talk too much about characters that we like. For example, Maddie loves She-Hulk. I do love She-Hulk, and I also love old Avengers comics. I don't really yeah. like the modern ones i don't much. either i have not i mean I like a, a lot of the old ones you though. know what's really funny is that the avengers is huge now because they have of the movies but mm-hmm. they, those comics have not been good for like an upward of like 30 years I think why the mcu at the time could get the rights to the avengers because back then they were trying to get the x-men obviously couldn't fox was putting out really successful x-men movies i mean we could debate as to whether or not they were good but they were very financially successful and so the mcu was trying to mimic that it just it makes sense that they were like well what's the super cheer team that we can have obviously fantastic four has been a box office bomb every time anybody's tried to adapt it but that wasn't that wasn't something the mcu could use either so they were stuck with the avengers and they made it work really well i mean 
It, it, they shouldn't have been able to make it work at well, the time. I think, because- I think what they did is important is they went back and they took all those origin stories and they took those comics that you and I like from that time yeah, period. Yeah, and then they took all the women out of them and put in... <laughs> <laughs> okay, the original comics were way better than Okay, we, we have well. talked on this show that how much we love Jan Van Dyne, the original Wasp, yes. who is not even existent in the MCU. They she have, basically doesn't fucking exist and we get really angry about her. At least I well, do they have, it's what's her fan? Fucking stupid. Hope is supposed to be the stand-in for her. And so, and I rewatched <sighs> Ant-Man and the Wasp and I was like, let me just pretend this is Jan Van Dyne and see how that goes. And I would say like 60% of the time that character was written to be Jan Van Dyne except it's Hope. But then there's like that other like 40% where you're like, who the fuck is this? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird to see like Hank Pym be this redeemed character to me where I'm like in the comics, he's a fucking asshole. And like everybody knows I, I would it. argue like, that he's still kind he of an asshole in this too. But it's like, true, but he's like a playful asshole as opposed to like an actual asshole. Well, okay, the whole reason this happened is because they were going to do that like 60s Ant-Man and the Wasp movie that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think because they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the first Avengers movie by like not including janet van dyne at the time and then like what are they gonna do put her back in time like it's already i don't know they kind of ran into this with captain marvel as well where they basically had to like rewrite the past and be like uh she was always here don't worry about i mean it's like i i'm sympathetic to them but like they've really had to keep trying to fix those movies by choosing to have it be almost entirely male cast right out of the gate and then like later on being like um Actually, the cast was more diverse <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and these characters were always here, and just pretend it's fine. And, and now they're now know. they're trying to backpedal on that a little bit. They're like, "Here's Captain Marvel, who is a character I love. I love um, Carol Danvers. I know you like Monica Rambeau, so it kind of works like out. I like Monica Rambeau, but she's not the same as Carol Danvers, who's also cool in her own way. I mean, they're yeah, they're, they're, cool for they're different just reasons. different reasons. Um, I also i I was a huge fan of Runaways when that was running. Uh, not mm-hmm. even just the TV show. I meant the original comics. Um, yeah, I the TV really show was cool too. Really fell in love with those though. characters. I know that it's like on the nose where it's like, what if these teenagers' parents turn out to be evil supervillains? Like, I don't know. That's like, I feel like that's a tired trope, but it actually works for Is runaways. It because I feel like at the time it wasn't. I, I think at the time it was like a cool idea that had really I think, really I think been on the TV show, it doesn't. I, okay, so here's some of my thoughts on this is that on the TV show, I actually do like that they explored who these parents were and how evil they could be. But like, mm-hmm. they were still parents that cared about their children, but they just were like, really awful people you know like yeah i thought that worked but in the comic books i think i think it worked better there and i wish we could have both of these worlds and for some reason we don't because in the tv show they just were like mostly human but like mm-hmm. in the comics whole thing is that they had these parents that turned out to be like wizards and mutants and time travels and bad scientists and robots and shit like it was like all everybody had like a different set of you know, to, you Powers. know i thought that worked better for the comic books than it did for uh the tv show but i liked how the tv show also explored these parents on a a, a deeper level so yeah and it, it had a more low budget vibe to it like they weren't doing all these over the top special effects on that show like they would just kind of save the money shot for certain stuff like the aliens and whatnot but like mostly it was just people being people and like doing regular people yeah stuff. yeah um we also both love miss marvel we love kamala khan like that's true that's not a superhero team necessarily well we haven't said any does. teams we just said we said avengers no we did we talked about avengers i i don't know do you have strong feelings about fantastic four i was never no into i mean i tried i tried for a period of time and i also tried with spider-man i only recently got into spider-man when they decided to in the comic books and then later with the movies were like what if we did alternate universe spider-mans and brought them all mm-hmm. together 
those are fun. That has kind of drawn me into the Spider-Man world. When I was a kid, I watched the Spider-Man TV show, so I was kind of into that, and I read the comic books along the X-Men. But like, I never got into it like I did with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider Gwen and Miles Morales are enough to sell me on Spider Man, though. Like, oh yeah, Peter Parker, cool not characters. so much. But you know, yeah. whatever. Um, who was a uh, also was gonna say? Um, I mean, I guess we can pick other X Men teams like X Force. But and I think stuff. that's cheating. Like, I love all yeah. the X Men, and I don't feel like like, and I even when the X Men sometimes join the Avengers, it doesn't necessarily make the Avengers better. And when they have X Men Avengers crossovers. Sometimes it's good, but for the most well, part, well, okay. It's like I've what? talked a lot on the show about how much I like Scarlet Witch and the Vision's relationship in the comics, which yeah, I would well, argue is sort of on the line in terms yeah. of like what Scarlet Witch's allegiances yeah, yeah, are. Yeah, I think. Thank you for mentioning those characters because I was like, who am I forgetting? And those are definitely characters. Oh, also Black Panther. I love Black oh, Panther. Oh yeah, I mean that's not a team. I'm. I guess my answer is the Avengers. Like weirdly enough, but like mostly the '80s and '70s runs of those comics yeah. are the ones that I actually really liked. Um. That's yeah. the answer. I mean, there was um, fuck, what was it called? The I'm blanking on it right now, but it's a uh, Carol Daniel Danvers all female team that like sometimes oh, gets together. A Force. Yeah, it's A Force. Okay, A Force. A Force is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Force is cool. I remember reading some of those. I didn't stick with it for whatever reason, but I remember liking what I read. Yeah, that was um, good. Uh, and um, my other answer is going to be uh the most recent run of hellcat which is hellcat and she had like jubilee on the team and she hulk and it was it was a fun like i don't know that it lasted like 24 fun. issues and it was like really it was drawn in the style of like the old um uh patsy walker oh yeah so i'm just reading through a bunch of teams why didn't we say star jammers <laughs> i'm just kidding okay i think it's i think we're gonna move on uh wait hold on the other question the, he, the other question here is like, what are your 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 thoughts on current X Men? But before we leap into that, I know oh another. Oh my god, this is like Ryan's performance. I'm yeah, yeah, okay. Not but that, that here's the another follow up question from Jake that said, since X of Swords is done, what did you like and what you didn't like of it? And I kind of feel like we can combine these two questions. Yeah, go for it. So, but first of all, I will say that I love Jonathan Hickman's World of the X Men. I like that we are. In the mutant nation of Krakoa, we've seen this story before with Genosha. We've seen it uh, in other variations of the X-Men, but not quite like this. And I I like that all the characters are here. I kind of like that they resurrect constantly and it's more of a like a matter of like, how quickly are we going to res- resurrect X-Men now? Like, how quickly mm-hmm. can we do it? And I think that's funny. I think it's interesting. I think it's weird. I feel like every character in Jonathan Hickman's world seems like those characters like you know how we will be introduced to a character we know these characters we know who gene gray is we know who cyclops is but then we get a writer on there that just sort of understands about half the characters and you're like why the fuck are these characters doing i can readily agree with like pretty much everything that's happening and i like that the x-men in it like all mutants are living here together and while they have their differences they're sort of figuring it out together versus like all of our perspectives are different, so we have to stay away from each other and like fight about it. No, they sit mm-hmm. there and fight on the council about it, and then they, which we know, we know the X Men. We know this is not going to be the forever universe of the X Men. Um, it's also very weird, and I like how weird it is, and like, like just I, I just really, really enjoy it. I think it's very good. I like seeing Mister Sinister get all the fucking spotlight time he's been getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing these different variations of the New Mutants teams where it's like sort of like a crossover between Generation X and, and New Mutants. Yeah. Um, you know, but I feel like 
the writers here are really respecting who these characters are, what their journeys have been, and like why they are here doing the things that they want to do. To the point that even Logan is doing something where he'll be like, he has said lines where he's like, I finally have a safe place to live and I don't want to lose it. Like, you know, he's like, you know, it's not like Xavier's Institute. This is a place that only mutants can access it. And it's like, you know, I've been He's, he's had lines where he's like, he's like, I've been fucking fighting for like mutant rights for so long that I didn't realize how angry and how tired I actually am, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. that is fair. I think that's sort of Magneto's stance on doing this as well. Um, it's really good. I think this is the best run of X-Men I've read in a long time. There's been here, tidbits here and there since new X-Men and extreme X-Men that I've liked, but it's been in and out. And I feel like this is just kind of solid across the board. And uh, I, I like Jonathan Hickman's world. Uh, Excess Swords was kind of like <laughs> I don't even know where to start on that because like you've been up and down on it. I mean, you've like so showed he, me some, he, some here's the thing. So in Jonathan Hickman's world, Apocalypse has been written into a character who I now love. I now love Apocalypse. I never thought I would ever those words would ever come out of my mouth. But like, I feel like I fucking understand who this character is now, where mm-hmm. I couldn't before. I felt like he just like his drive made no sense. Uh, House of X is really an apocalypse story and it's like got all this bullshit decorating around it basically and I think that is why I didn't enjoy Excess Swords as much and is it like after all that build up where they're like now that everyone has a sword we're gonna go to the other world and we're gonna fight with them and then I would say 90% of the time it was just fucking Saturn who runs the other world and the multitude universe and she's like actually the battles could be whatever i want them to be so there's be like <clears throat> bullshit happening she's like now they're gonna arm wrestle and then i don't know or she'd be like and she just comes keeps on fucking with the rules because that's what she does but um there was a uh, that whole bit where like they're like now uh wolverine and storm have to go against these characters doing a sexy model walk on the catwalk and i was like <laughs> what's even happening like don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying what I'm reading. I think it's funny, but I also felt like a lot of that was just filler to get around Apocalypse's story, which mm-hmm. I thought was very good. I thought it gave Apocalypse depth and reason to who he's been that we've never had before. Um, and it made me understand that the reason why Apocalypse is the way that he is, isn't that like he wants to destroy all of humanity or whatever. Uh, he cares very deeply about mutants, but he you know, he's lost a lot along the way. He's lost family. He's been stripped of things many, many times. And the reason why that he is apocalypse and that he's all obsessed with the apocalypse is that he's like, I'm in, I am inevitable because like, I'm always there at the end because I can't die. Like I'm immortal, but yeah. like, it's a very lonely long road where everyone, yeah. I keep losing everything. And like, all I can do is fucking think about the end because in the end, like the world could, there could be nothing left in the universe and I would just float in the emptiness of space for eternity, you know? Yeah. And that is, that is dark. And to see him sort of like learn this like other family he once had and like what that was like in this other world and then see him essentially sacrifice himself because he doesn't die, but like he trades himself for uh, Arako, which by the way, I just figured out was Krakoa and misspelled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Ryan. Uh, I like figured that out yesterday after like, this whole fucking thing he like he trades himself to go and save all the mutants of his world and i was like okay so apocalypse is i i, I like i also like that i've written him to him sort of like this like 
savior of mutants like and he is the only person that knows anything of the ancient text and stuff like that because he was there for it and like Mm -hmm. i think it works better this way this is the version of apocalypse that you and i have also asked for for a very long time so yeah like any version of him that has an actual motivation and is humanized in some type of way so right right and like i think this was all believable and it made me be like huh I don't actually hate Apocalypse anymore. That's a mm-hmm. first. So yeah. So, so yeah. I don't know. I guess I should read some comic books. I don't know. Someday. I like comics. So you do. Well, I mean, them. it's like, it's kind of like to keep up with modern day comics. I used to be one of those comic book collectors who would go to the comic book store every week and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get like all these titles. And then I'd have like a thousand comics in my house. But I know it's also and it's really hard to hard. know which ones are actually good. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just at this point, I really only keep up week to week with X-Men and anything else that I want to read. I'm just like, I tell myself, I'm like, there's no rush. They will still be there. I can go read a Captain Marvel storyline if I want to when it's completed and I can find it somewhere. So like read it in one go. Like mm-hmm. you could, and it's it can be nice to wait and just hear which storylines are really good and worth reading, which is like kind of what I did after reading House of X initially. I was like, I'm just gonna like see what's good about all these spinoffs because I don't have infinite time. So at this point, I'm like, I guess I could read X of Swords and just like skip around and like be aware that a lot of it is gonna be dumb. I mean, I I don't know. It's oh wait, I, I I would recommend just waiting until they release it as sort of a compiled graphic novel, either in person. Physically or yeah, that online. is that is definitely a way that I like to read comics is like as those compiled things because it's yeah. just easier to understand it. Right. All right. So we'll move on to this and go to a question that's probably better suited for Maddie. It says mutant games <laughs> from Discord. Totally not. Mister Sinister writes. What types of video games do each X Men play, and which game is is each their favorites, and are they good games? And also, oh shit! Also, they all they all play a competitive game. What game is it? Who suggested it? And who wins? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we know canonically Jubilee plays Quake because that's in a comic book somewhere. Yeah, I feel like Jubilee would be the one who'd be up to date on everything and would like have all the consoles in the X Mansion or if this is taking place in some sort of fantasy time period where they all still yeah. live in the X Mansion together. But like in 2020. Right, somehow. right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Kitty would be really good at games, by Kitty the way. Pride? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I I'm trying to think about like what the older generation of X-Men would or wouldn't like. It's sort of weird to think about that because I'm like, I can't really picture like Logan or Xavier or Gene okay, or okay. Scott playing a video Logan, game. Can you imagine Logan trying to play a video? I want to see a comic book where Jubilee tries to have Logan play a game with her. And she's just like trying to explain to Logan how to like jump. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, the, he's the person that like you hand them a controller for Super Mario one. And they're like, OK, you just need to walk forward and jump. And they walk to that first Goomba. That's Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is Logan. But I also feel like Logan would stay up all night by himself trying to figure it out. And then like Jubilee would walk in on him the following day and he like still wouldn't have gotten past the Goomba. And he'd be like, <laughs> I almost have it. Like, I'm almost there. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know what? I feel like Beast would be like super into video games. I think he would play a ton of RPGs. Yeah. And also like puzzle games and shit. Yes. And he'd be like ridiculously good at them. I imagine that Beast back in like the 90s was the person who like was the only person that could beat the solitaire on the computer (laughs) yeah or at least like play computer chess or whatever like he would be playing all those but i also feel like he would be staying up to date on like you know the skyrims and the bioware games of the world like i feel like beast would give a shit about all that stuff and like have strong opinions about garris and mass effect and like who he is and isn't gonna date in the game and people are like beast you 
don't even care this much about your own love life. Like I could see yeah, Beast right? like, being that guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly, I could see Rogue being a gamer, but like a secret gamer, you know? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that for her. Because like, I don't know it, what it, she would be into, but oh, maybe come she on. Would, she's like, one of those goth girls that secretly loves Animal Crossing. That's so sad, though. Like, she has all of her little friends. Maybe she plays The Sims, too. I don't know. No, that's a Kitty Pride game. Let's be real. It is a Kitty Pride game. It is. <laughs> I don't know if Gambit would play any games. Probably not. I feel like a lot of these characters are, like, not into that. I think I think the entire... Okay, so here's my thoughts. But I think the New Mutants probably love, like, NES Nintendo. Like, all of them. Mm. Like, they all had that. They all played it. They probably had Game Boys. Um, I think the Generation X time period all love like the Super Nintendo and 64. Mm-hmm. They, I think both generations probably are arcade driven characters. Like any of them, I could see at arcade. Uh, some of the newer characters and like the X-Men, they would probably be all like console plays like Rockslide and Adol and all of them. Like they, I think that's just a given because that's their time period. These older X-Men, not so much. Like I, like, like you said, I cannot see Storm playing a game. Yeah. At all. I, I could pl- see her playing board games, though. Like, I could see yeah, the X-Men see playing board games together. Like, I, I don't know that it would be, like, D&D or whatever, but I, I could see them, like, playing Monopoly and getting really mad at each other. Like, I could see that. Especially if the X-Men have to stay inside, according to the pandemic, yeah. and, like, their real life, if all of them were trapped in the mansion, they would play Jackbox together. Who, so, who who would play like competitive like fighting games like of all the X Jubilee for sure yeah that's what's my answer too I feel like Jubilee is like our go-to answer on this I mean she's almost like the cop-out answer like she's like the easy answer well but that's because she's can like canonically into games I w- it's actually strange to think about how she's like the one mm-hmm. you know well why is that strange because there's not more than one character who you feel like that's describing yeah well I, no i feel like there's not enough characters in the canon that actually play video games is what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah i i mean i i agree with you it's kind of hard to imagine i can't right. even really imagine gene and scott playing a video game they but i guess How? it's like if if jubilee were to make all of them play a game together it is a very funny image like to picture them all trying to play super smash brothers or something like oh that's i agree really i funny. agree and i would like that to happen okay but like straight up the entire new mutants probably play rock band yeah they probably do like El- iliana with like the fucking like guitar and you get like sunspot on the or cannonballs like on the drums or whatever mm-hmm. i think it works i think a sunspot would be singing well let's be real like yeah anyway i could see that i, I could see, see that, that too like i just i feel like that works for some reason wait dazzler would play all those rock star games too yeah that's true although dazzler like actually plays music so it's almost like she'd be too good you know i would actually I would I would believe that Dazzler plays video games because I feel like all the musicians I know, especially the ones that like create like oh, yeah. EDM and stuff like they're playing those like I will go to their house or whatever and they'll be like be like, here's my set. I'm great. It's like blah, 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 blah. and they're like and then they start playing it and then they turn on a video game while they're playing their set. Like, you know, I feel like those things sometimes come hand in hand. I think a lot of musicians like that play video games. So dazzler yeah, would absolutely be one of those I people feel like a lot of video games are based on rhythms and like learning certain patterns and yeah. and practicing something over and over like a lot of that stuff is like it goes hand in hand with with liking playing music and practicing music i could see dazzler just like randomly being really into fighting games for that reason just because that's funny right. jubilee needs somebody to play with she does so. right, let's get these last couple of questions because i didn't realize how late it's getting uh also like not not that we're in a rush but i just realized this <laughs> is another two-hour reader mail that we're doing okay it's so fine. 
Drake asks, if you, this question comes up all the time. If you were going to recast the MCU actors, what X-Men characters would you have them play? Wait. Oh, so I'm taking, I actually don't think we've answered this before. Are we recasting all the Avengers actors and we're making them into X-Men? I don't, I don't think so. Well, wait, what? I don't know. Now, now I don't know the question. Because that's actually kind of a fun Let's riddle to like one. only Let's... be allowed to use the actors who've already been cast in the MCU, but we have to cast them all as the X-Men. That's yeah. like a fun brain teaser, actually. Okay, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do that one. Okay, I need to like look up all the Avengers MCU actors so we don't forget everybody. Kind of hard to think of who would be Xavier. I don't feel like anybody's old enough. Um, um, I guess we'll come back to that. I could see Benedict Cumberpatch pulling it off, though. I, yeah, I could see Chris Evans being an interesting Cyclops. Yes, I'll I can see there. that too. All right, sure. I guess I guess Black Widow would have to end up being Jean Grey because she's like the character, yeah, that one female I guess character. Scarlett Johansson would have to be. No, yeah. no, 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 no. What's her name? That plays Scarlet Witch. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Yes, thank you. She could be Jean. That's way better. I, I'll <laughs> take that. Okay. Great. Even though the ages don't quite work, don't worry about it. We're working with what we have here. I like okay? we just took an X Men character, we recast it as another X Men character. <laughs> well, well, because according to the terms of the question that we just made up, this is how we have to operate. <laughs> okay. Fine. Um. Okay. Akoi, so who's the actress for Akoi? Because I want her to be Storm. I don't know. Uh, Denai Guerrera. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but she's the one that was also on um, Walking Dead, right? Yeah. I guess. I guess Lupita would actually be a really good Storm too. But I think like. We just get to see Denai do so much more in the X-Men universe than we got to see Lubita do anything. So that's why I'm like... <sighs> Who would we cast her as then? Let's come back to that. I'm, I'm doing it the other way. You're like thinking of actors and then thinking of who they're going to play. No, I'm, I'm thinking like, of X-Men. Wait. Who the fuck am I going to have be Wolverine? Josh Brolin? No, Josh Brolin's okay, already cable. Okay. He can't... <laughs> Here, here's, here's kind of a wild card answer. Sebastian Stan. I don't think he'd be that bad as, as Logan. Which Actually. one is Sebastian Stan? He plays Bucky. Oh, that's right. I think you're right. I think that's probably the best one to go for. You're right. Is it too cliche for me to have Mark Ruffalo as Beast? Like he's playing the Hulk, so it's like the same fucking character on some level. Oh, see, my answer for that was going to be Paul Bettany. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. I could see Paul Bettany as Beast. Just because also. he's like, he's got like the right attitude for it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just, that's my thought. Uh... Can Jeremy Renner not be in this version of yeah, the world? I'm not putting Jeremy Renner <laughs> in it at all. Okay, okay, I, I, am, like, I am gonna do Chris Hemsworth as Sabretooth. I think that would be fun for him. That would be fun. How about how about Tom Hiddleston as Magneto? Um, I, I'm literally just taking the characters they already play and like swapping them over to be the X Men versions. Like I'm like, okay, so he's Loki. That's the villain. I'll make him Magneto. Like this is the laziest fucking casting I've ever I, done. I don't know. I don't know I if could I do get better than that. I don't I don't know if Tom Hiddleston would be good for Magneto. Well, I don't who know. do you think would be? Benedict Cumberbatch? Like, I don't know. Paul I... Rudd? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Paul like... Rudd would you know what? Paul Rudd would probably actually be a better Cyclops than Chris Evans would be. No, because Paul Rudd's too funny. <laughs> but that sorry. would be great. That would be amazing. Though. No, I, I think, I think Chris Evans is probably the best. Well, no, I've let's let's do let's do better by Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we can do that much better. I mean, like, 
Who's left? I, are we envisioning? Can we just do any X Men we want? Like we can just yeah. I mean, have also Chris like be don't don't forget. There's like, <gasps> do you know who needs to be Rogue? Oh my God! Why am I blanking her name? Um, Kristen Ritter. Oh, are we allowed to use her? She's in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Kristen Ritter's Rogue. Great. Yeah. Like that is like on. And while we're on that, carry on Miles as Mystique. I love that, actually. Carry on Miles. Right? Yeah, that fucking owns. Yeah, I'm I'm here for that, like 100 percent I like how this just landed really well. Also, we're running out of we're running out of like big name actors. They're gonna have to start getting more independent ones. There's so mm-hmm. many characters on the on this show. I just realized who could actually be Wolverine. Who? Is John Bar- Johnny Bernthal from Daredevil. I'm going to start Daredevil from the Oh, Punisher. yeah, I mean, if we're allowed to include the Netflix show characters, then we can just do whatever we want. Like, it's we could just have John Barenthal be Wolverine. Great. Yeah, Done. perfect. Done. I'm looking at a character list. I feel like we, we didn't really find anybody to be Xavier because there just isn't really a character who works for that. Well, I'm trying to look at actors and what they, what they do. Do you think Tom Holland would make a good Xavier? <laughs> Maddie just like lawn silence. I like, I like had a moment of being like, who is Tom Holland? And then I was like, oh, he's the fucking child Spider-Man. And then I realized you were joking. And that was like how long that silence was. It was like oh me my thinking God. about what the fuck you were saying. Let's just make Jeremy Renner be Xavier. Let's just punish yeah, him. Yeah, because we already don't like him anyway. So, okay, but Brie Larson, though, can just still be Captain Marvel because we need yeah, that to happen. Yeah, some of them are already playing characters who can cross like over. Scarlet, so like Scarlet like, Witch, like, obviously. I know, it's kind of tough because like where we want to make elizabeth olsen jean gray but like then we're taking her off the board and she can't be wanda anymore which is honestly fine we can recast wanda with like a romani actress which people would want anyway so we're fixing it we're fixing everything elizabeth yeah. olsen still gets a great role she'd be great at it it's fine okay so i'm just gonna float this out there but if she were younger i would go for natalie portman as a young kitty pride oh yeah that would but be she's, good now she's like not that age. She's like I our forgot age. She was in the MCU. I was like, why are we talking about Natalie Portman? And okay, then I well, she don't forget. She's, she's literally going to be Thor in the next movie. I know. I know. I got to remember that because it actually matters. Um, We have a lot of different options. This is getting, we're going to go off forever. This was fun, though. I like it. It was. I don't know if this was the way that we were supposed to answer the question, but it was really fun, so I don't care, and I hope people enjoyed it. <laughs> so Elena writes in, how do we feel about white characters being voiced by actors of color and characters of color being voiced by white actors? Um, complicated question, because this has been going on in voice acting forever. Um, but her... Okay, so her examples are, for at least for evolution, is that Amanda Sefton is voiced by uh, a white woman, and Magneto is voiced by a black man. And oh. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if like I, I this... feel like if we got to a point as a society where all of these actors had the same opportunities, this would be less of an issue. But yeah, that's a that's lot of fair. times actors of color don't have the same opportunities as white actors just due to systemic biases. And that's just unfortunate. And like if if we lived in some future society where that wasn't the case, then I think that we wouldn't mind as much especially when it comes to like voice acting for characters you don't see but like we don't live in that society right now so i will say that i think it's actually fine if character if actors of color are voicing white characters because that means more roles for them and that does happen fairly often for them but if it's a character of color it's kind of nice to find an actor who fits that profile as well like i like I like to hear about it when I see a show or a video game doing that. I think it's it's cool. 
And it doesn't happen all the time, but it's happening more and more often now. And I think that's great because most of the time, actors of color don't actually get to play characters who look like them in these shows. Like they've already right. been having to voice white characters this whole time, most of the time. So like they're already used to having to do that. Yeah. And I mean, this really is a complicated question that I'm glad that is. you have an answer for Cause like, I really, I, I mean like I, what you're saying is what I agree with where it's like, they've been facing this problem for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's like sort of on both ends. It's like, it's what you're saying here is it's like, there's too many white characters in animation as it is and but then there's slowly like slowly changing though which is cool like a right. lot of casts are getting more diverse in in animation and in video games so like what do we do about this well then we get to finally cast actors who deserve to have these roles we'll do more shows like steven universe where we just have like blue people <laughs> okay you say that but steven universe has a very diverse voice acting cast they really do i know i just like i just I, that was the first thing i thought of like there I was thinking are of, like, aliens on that show but like also the showrunners for that went out of their way to just be like, also, yeah. we're going to have a really diverse voice cast because like, why not? And that was just something that mattered to them. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think your answer is the correct one. Uh, and the final question we have from Drake, um, and this is, all right, we're going to have to pull up and Google again. What do you think the X-Men's astrological signs are? Oh my goodness. Okay. So, I mean, I know Scorpios and I, because I, I am a Scorpio. So like, I you know what's really funny is that I can always spot another Scorpio in conversation when I meet somebody new and I just stop them stuff. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, when were you born? And they're like, why are you asking me this? I'm like, just answer the question. And they'll tell yeah. me, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so we're both Scorpios. I like I don't know why that is, but do you ever have that with your sign? Where <laughs> I do and I don't. I don't know. I don't actually believe astrology is real, but I think it's really fun. So that's right. my take on astrology. And also, like, I'm supposedly a cancer and all of that shit describes me. So I'm kind of like, whatever. As far as things go, it's pretty fun. Right. Um, so I know what a cancer is. I don't really know all of the stereotypes about the other signs, unfortunately. So I feel like this is this is a tough one. There's 12, which is like a fuckload of them. Yeah. So we spent a little time here trying to look up decent recaps of what each of the astrological signs mean. And that was not something we could do live as it turns out. So we give up on this question. How about this? People can write in. People can yeah. write in and tell us what they think about this. You can write into the mutant ages at gmail.com and we'll talk about it on the next <laughs> we, reader mail. We just failed miserably. I, I know my own sign. I could pick X-Men that I think are similar to me. Yeah, I, I do mean, think Jean Grey is a cancer. I would say that's true. Um, all right. So Scorpios. I think I think Kurt might be a Scorpio, honestly. Because he's Okay. I, he's but like, to you, mm, no, so. no, but I also feel like he's very not that say Scorpios aren't empathetic and I am empathetic but I think there's something about him but like Scorpios are like very passionate people that have like also kind of like a charm but like are very stubborn Mm -hmm. uh I don't think that's Kurt 100% I don't know uh I can't really think of a very maybe you can't just pick your own astrological sign I mean basically can Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> we really, this is the true proof that we're not gay. You and age the struggle know. right here. We don't believe in labels, except we're not gay anymore because we don't know astrology. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I love reading all that horoscope shit, though, in astrology. But, like, I really only know it for Scorpio stuff. And when I'm thinking about, like, Scorpios in terms of, like, what I relate to in Scorpios, Scorpion stuff, like... Honestly, Dakin's probably a Scorpio. To be honest, like probably, I would if I, if I had to take a guess, he's probably a Scorpio. Um, he's the only one that I can think of like right off the top of my head. Maybe Kitty Pride, but like 
again i don't know so i don't know i have no more ideas i, I gave my either. idea i give up this should this we do another... the mutant age is the comic book yes have we, have we officially made it into the final chunk of the show the best part of the show the mutant ages the comic book Anyway, we are back from Mutant Ages the Comic. Maddie, do you want to do a previously on Mutant Ages the Comic? Oh boy. Um, I do remember that last time... I guess I have to go back further than last time because the Mutant Ages the Comic is actually fairly complex. So I need to actually summarize. <laughs> but issue five, great. Like, I was going to refer to some stuff and then I'm like, that's not going to make any sense. If for some reason this is your first episode, the Mutant Ages the Comic is a piece of fan fiction starring us as mutants within the world of the X-Men, but also the animated series versions of the X-Men and me and Ryan and eventually Katie and Todd all team up. We all have mutant powers and we are enlisted by Emma Frost and Sage to fix plot holes throughout all these different things that we're watching and throughout all the different shows that we're watching. And so we're going back and we're visiting various episodes and trying to fix problems in them. So like we did the episode with storm and Archon from the animated series. And then we did the famous butter dish episode, which I think it's called externally yours. It's the animated series title. So we did that last week and Katie and Gambit seemingly knew each other. And that was really funny yeah Um, reference to work join the the team last last episode that was pretty exciting yep should i go over our powers yeah sure if you i I want to hear a translation like i'm (sighs) I'm enjoying this because i'm about to read a bunch so if you want to talk right now now's your chance buddy (laughs) i i do have a chance let's see if i can like adequately explain what they are so my power is music i can play my own guitar and I have, to, I think it has to be music that I'm making up yep, in order for yep. it to work. Yeah, because we all have like really cool powers that are also extremely limited. And yes, that's true. But they're also all creativity based in a way, I mean, yes. imagination based. So I have to write a song and then I can shoot beams out of my guitar at people. Yep. And also I have a pretty cool object from Cable, which is a portal gun that creates portals to all the various potholes that we have to fix. It's not my superpower, but it is important that I have that right. because it's how we're getting around the world. Yep. Um, Ryan is snapshot, which is <laughs> a very limited, like human video camera type of power where he could like take a picture of something or rewind time, but only like a few seconds. And also, I think. Some, but it can only be like what I'm looking at. It's not even like time right, like itself. It's within, your field of vision right. you can rewind and which isn't something. very far if you know me so right right that's true um so that's ryan's power todd's power is writing something down on a piece of paper and then manifesting it in real life which is pretty badass but he takes time to recharge um and then katie also has like a cooldown on her power as well which is that she can inhabit and become an object yes. and then like become an anthropomorphic version of that object and like use its powers. So like in the previous episode, she became a gun and then destroyed things, but which then, was cool. Unfortunately, she has to fall asleep for yeah, like she four hours sleep. and she can also talk to those objects and get the energy with them. Right. Uh, it, yeah. Which is kind of like a star Wars power. I, yeah. don't, I don't even know if you played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, but that's like the power that Cal Kestis has in that game is that he can like touch an object and I then know everything that, that happened to it. That game's cool. I, I would like it. We also have Wolverine. He's walking around with us. So yeah. Do I need to explain Wolverine's powers or do no, we don't need to do it? that. And so I guess most recently we were at the Louisiana Swamp to 
get the butter dish. Yes, because we were like, we were. It, somebody who touched it obviously is fucking with the timeline, so we want to like figure out who that is. But Katie fell asleep because she became a gun, and mm -hmm. the Betty Spaghetti turned out to be Kandra, which. And what we're slowly discovering is that like Todd's powers are enough to like break curses on people. So that's helpful. <laughs> very, very helpful. So, Todd is the deus ex machina of our team most of the time. Yeah. Well, that was like, I was like, we're going to be, we're going to get Todd good stuff to do because I trust Todd. So, yeah. So at the end of the last episode, a giant fucking like pyramid came out of the swamp, like Zelda right. style. And yes. we were like, oh, what God. the fuck is this? And there's like Egyptian writing on the side and we all know what's coming. So, oh, boy. Oh, boy. all right. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, introducing that, Maddie. That was fun to hear you like quickly try to recap Me what this show is. Even, I, you did a pretty good job. My version is usually like, we're all superheroes. The X-Men are here. We're fixing plot holes. And here are our powers. Snapshot, MIDI. I mean, and that's you're like, a lot faster than what I did, which was try to like delineate every single thing that's happened. So well, I, I, I don't know. You do a better job at explaining things sometimes. So it was fun. All right. So issue number five, The Legend of Apocalypse, Pyramid of Time. Maddie, Ryan, Todd, and Logan all stared at the temple that had risen from the depths of the Louisiana swamp. They stared at it for a really long time, mostly because there were weird creatures that were blatantly Deku from The Legend of Zelda dancing on the top of the roof. Yep. The Egyptian writing didn't even seem to phase them. They were all used to Apocalypse's boring, repetitive shit at this point in their lives. <laughs> Something don't smell right about this place, Logan grunted. Logan, we don't need your nose to tell us that, Maddie said with an eye roll. The question is, should we bother going inside of it? Fortunately, this question was answered by Ryan, who pulled out his vlogging camera and started to film himself walking into the temple. <laughs> okay so this temple totally just appeared out of the louisiana bio and we're going into it because we're crazy ryan said <laughs> what do you mean we todd asked arching an eyebrow ryan just wiggled his fingers and said "Ooh!" before running into the dark entrance of the egyptian temple logan picked up the sleeping katie in his big muscular arms Ooh. i got a bad feeling about this bub logan said and quiet and walked quietly after ryan Maddie and Todd looked at each other with the face of, I can't believe we're doing more of this crazy shit again, but shrugged it off before following the rest of them into the temple. Inside, Ryan stood in a stone hallway filming all of the hieroglyphics on the walls. Here we are, deep inside the Egyptian temple that clearly belongs to Apocalypse. Legends <laughs> say that this place is haunted by ghostly temple guards and the lost souls of the blue barracudas. Only a silver monkey could possibly help us in our escape, Ryan said. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. <laughs> Ryan said, reading off the hieroglyphics. Damn, you could read all those caveman drawings, Logan asked. Ryan smiled. Nope, Ryan said proudly. <laughs> but I have played a lot of Tomb Raider. I figure if we ran into any real trouble, Maddie could just Indiana Jones our way out of here. I wish. Well, hopefully she doesn't... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's like Maddie's real superpower. Yeah, I wish. Well, hopefully she doesn't Indiana Jones us into a trap, Todd said as he walked over to Maddie, or walked over with Maddie. Mm -hmm. Ryan seemed confused. Todd continued, Oh, I'm sorry. Am I the only one here who knows anything about history? This is an Egyptian pyramid. They were specifically designed with traps to keep looters away from tombs. I know. Lara Croft told me all about that, Ryan said with a wink. Besides, we can't go too fast because Katie is as useful as the Snorlax right now. Haha. <laughs> Get it? No, Logan said, honestly confused. <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea, Maddie said. Emma hasn't said anything to us about this. Maybe we should check in with Sage. Good idea, Ryan said. He played with his little X-Men communicator. Tessa, 
Tessa, it's me, Ryan. You know, snapshot. Ryan accidentally <laughs> took a really bad photo with his eyes of everyone looking awkward, sweaty, and kind of. You use your powers every time you say <laughs> your superhero. Oh yeah, name. we forget. You probably should have uh, like explained that. I can't activate my powers without screaming what they do. Pretty classic. You're kind of like Storm in that way. Well, I was actually thinking about like what we do in the shadows with that one character that can't turn into a bat without screaming bat. bat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone looked kind of awkward, sweaty, and kind of annoyed. Oh, sorry. I forgot. I, I forgot. I can't say snapshot. Ryan said again, taking an equally as atrocious of a picture. <laughs> Ryan, stop saying it. Maddie yelled. She held her X-Men communicator to her ear. All I hear is static in this thing. This, this pyramid must be interfering with the transmission. I think it's just broken. Ryan said, smashing <laughs> his computer, his, his, his computer, smashing his communicator against the wall. You say that no. all the time. Maddie started, but it's mostly <laughs> just your computer updating. <laughs> I guess we all have to just replace our communicators now, Ryan said. No, Maddie cried out. Were you even listening to what I just said? <laughs> this is real, by the way, everyone. <laughs> this is like an it everyday conversation. Yeah, but I think the communicators are still broken because mine has been getting more staticky throughout these missions because they keep slamming it onto the ground repeatedly, Ryan said. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a separate problem, Todd commented. He continued, maybe there's another way we can contact them through, oh, I don't know, Emma? Oh, good idea. Emma! Ryan literally screamed. It echoed, throughout, <laughs> it echoed throughout the chambers of the pyramid. Emma! Mama! Gaga! Ula! <laughs> okay, are you just singing Lady Gaga lyrics badly, Maddie asked? Who's Lady Gaga? Logan asked, genuinely wanting to know the answer. Okay, so Logan is ancient, Todd commented. Also, this clearly isn't working. There must be something interfering with the psychics, Logan said. If Apocalypse has anything to do with this, he probably has it shielded from people like Xavier. He collects cyclics like candy, puts them in floating diamonds. Mm. Dot, dot, dot. I genuinely want to know why, Todd said. <laughs> Who the hell knows, Logan replied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Something to do with clocks, I think. I don't really know. Oh, well, that's that coming episode. on its own time. Hot <laughs> time. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, we have been standing near the doorway like trick-or-treaters for a full five minutes now, so let's just go down the hall and leave, Maddie pointed out. She turned around and looked around the corner, only to find that their entrance had sealed shut. Great. Or not. Time travel gun? Maddie held up her time travel gun and aimed it for the closest wall. She pulled the trigger, but nothing happened. Everyone stared at her. She dramatically held it up again and clicked it again with no effect. Oh, come on. Don't tell me this thing is out of juice, Maddie cried out. Why the hell am I lugging all these golf balls around if it doesn't even work? Technology, is, technology just hates me. <laughs> or whatever is interfering with everything else is affecting the electronics in the gun, Ryan said knowingly. Guess that means we'll just have to vlog the whole pyramid. I like how the vlogging camera works, but nothing else does. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> the vlogging camera's it's magical. It's it's vloggy. Yeah. I don't know what vlogging has to do with this, Maddie said, but we don't have a choice. So let's be careful and try not to set off any traps. Maddie turned and immediately stepped on a tile that opened up the floor beneath her, sending Todd and her hurtling down a slide. The floor closed above them. Logan shoved Katie into Ryan's arms and jumped down at the ground, screaming and clawing at it menacingly, but not really doing any damage. Aww. After Logan finished wailing for another five minutes, he got up and grunted. Wait, Polaroid, use your eyes to do that rewinding time thing you do, Logan said to Ryan, who laughed. Okay, First, I think it's adorable that the most recent camera you could think of was a Polaroid. <laughs> Second of all, my powers have only a rewind span of 10 to 15 seconds, Ryan said. You just rolled around the ground for about five minutes, so that option is out. Mm. Then we got to do this the old-fashioned way. 
on foot, Logan said. He bent over and sniffed the ground for a really long time. Uh, did you find a scratch sniff down there? Ryan asked. I got a scent. It ain't theirs, but it's familiar. Come on. Just don't set anything off on the way, Logan said. They headed down the long, dark corridor. Meanwhile, on another level of this pyramid, because it probably has too many of them, Maddie mm-hmm. and Todd sat in the middle of a large square room. It wasn't round. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all that says there. <laughs> there were some spikes off to the side, but not where they dropped off because the temple was clearly poorly designed. Probably a rush edit level, to be honest. They helped <laughs> each other up. <laughs> well, at least Ryan isn't here to make a shoots and ladders joke, Maddie said. You just made it, Todd pointed out. Mm. Where are we, Maddie asked. A pyramid, Todd said dryly. Didn't it say not to step on the traps? Didn't we say not to go inside this temple, Maddie asked. How did we get out of here? I don't know, but I'm fresh out of MP, a mutant power for anybody who doesn't know. And there doesn't seem to be anything here but a knockoff Elder Scrolls temple, Todd commented. But if they built a room down here, they probably built an exit. So let's take a look around. Maddie and Todd sifted their hands on the walls. Maddie's hand drifted across a block that pushed in and accidentally shot arrows across the room, nearly missing Todd. He Oof. shot a look. He shot her a look that read "really" across his face. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie smiled innocently. After what felt like a full hour of sweeping their hands on the bricks, Maddie groaned in frustration. I'm suddenly missing the days where we go to conventions and everyone would repeatedly tell us where the exits were. Maddie said in an annoyed tone. <laughs> she collapsed on the ground. A cloud of dirt billowed around her off the ground. She looked down and noticed something. She leapt up and pointed excitedly at the ground. Todd, look at this. Todd walked over to where Maddie was pointing. He knew she had found something or was just starting to lose it. So he really hoped that she had found something <laughs> there on the ground. Just underneath the dirt was a pattern that looked like more hieroglyphics. Maddie furiously brushed the dirt away with her hands to reveal a circle with what looked like music notes on them. Okay. Uh-huh. So did harmonic stop by and design this room or is this some kind of absurdly stupid bullshit? Ap- apocalypse brainstormed up on an LSD trip. Todd asked the latter. Yeah, I know. Right. I don't know, but I'm going to rock this beta, Maddie said, whipping out her guitar. She followed the notes carefully and played the music. It strangely sounded like this. The energy that surrounded her fell into the patterns below her, lighting up the room like a gay club at night, but not the one that Juggernaut had trashed by accident. The lights mm-hmm. trailed down toward the wall. The room hummed back to her. Resident Evil puzzle. Almost. This is like a Zelda puzzle with like fucking ocarinas and shit. You have to play music to open doors. Yeah. With the sound of a do 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 do. The walls <laughs> in front of them separated to reveal another hallway. Maddie made a peace sign. That was a smash hit. <laughs> and also a blatant ripoff of a Zelda temple, Todd pointed out. Mm-hmm. Matt and t- Maddie and Todd made their way into the hallway only to find themselves in yet another room full of shallow water, blocks, cracked walls, ladders, and spikes slowly sliding between the walls. Some dungeon music quietly played in the background. What the hell is this shit, Maddie? <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> accurate. Meanwhile, upstairs, Ryan patiently waited for Logan to fall out of the way of a bunch of fire arrows and swinging axes. Logan screamed and rolled to the ground in front of Ryan, who noticed Logan's clothes were half gone. It was a good thing to notice. You know, these fire arrows and axes seem vaguely familiar, Ryan pointed out, as he set a sleeping Katie down against the wall. You said that the first three times, but that ain't stopping them from coming, Logan replied, getting to his feet. That's my point. I feel like we're going in circles, Ryan said. Typically, Lyra helps me out of this situation. Whenever I get lost in the woods, which is roughly twice a week, her nose can navigate us back out. Well, my nose knows, and it knows that the scent on on this trail is my nose, Logan said while (laughs) tapping at his nose. Well... My eyes are eyes, and they are eyes, Ryan said, trying to match whatever Logan said, but really just came off as awkward flirting. 
Mm-hmm. Never mind. I guess they aren't as useful as your nose. Don't be so harsh on yourself. I think you have good looking eyes, Logan said with a smile. Oh, uh, thanks. I think you have a good looking nose. I mean, everything. <laughs> you look good, Ryan blurted out awkwardly. They stared Aww. at each other for a moment, eyes locked. This precious moment was interrupted by the sound of Katie yawning to life in the background. What kind of awkward fan fiction moment am I busting in on? Katie asked tiredly. Katie, you're awake, Ryan cried out. Yeah, that's why I'm talking, Captain Obvious, Katie replied groggily. Wait, where the hell are we? Did we seriously walk into that pyramid? It was obviously a trap. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep, but it's getting pretty boring to vlog in here because Logan is, keeps walking us into the same traps. I think we're walking in circles, Ryan replied. Wait a second. If I'm just waking up, that means you've been walking around in circles in here for three hours, Katie cried out. <laughs> I suddenly have a lot of questions as to why Logan keeps falling into the tentacle pit then, Ryan said, a little concerned. Sometimes it happens, bub. I mean, what tentacle pit? I don't remember that. Or Omega Red. My memories! Logan (laughs) cried out, grabbing his head and falling to the ground. Have either of you Nimrods tried looking at the tiles on the ground to see if there's a secret passageway? Katie asked. Ryan and Logan just stared at her, dumbfounded. (laughs) Ryan turned his camera toward himself. So, turns out there was probably a way out of here the whole time because Katie is really good at navigating mazes from taking the tea everywhere in Boston, Ryan said with a knowing nod. Or I just looked at the black arrow painted on the wall, pointing to the tile on the ground. Katie pointed at the arrow. Oh, Ryan and Logan said in unison. Katie, Katie slapped her forehead. Well, sorry, I didn't notice because I was busy carrying you, Ryan said, suddenly super annoyed. <laughs> I never asked you to carry me. I never asked to be on this stupid mission. You could have all just left me to sleep in the woods with Gambit's guild. They know me there, Katie said, frustrated. (laughs) You know Gumbo's family, Logan asked. Katie was too busy prying off the tile of the floor to give Logan a straight answer. Logan turned to Ryan. You know, the half pint there is starting to look familiar. Are you sure that's not just your memories messing with you again, Ryan asked in a concerned tone. My memories, Logan asked. He gasped and yelled, My memories! Okay, since I literally just did all the work over here, can you two numbskulls drop the awkward flirting and get down this ladder? Katie asked, annoyed. We weren't flirting, Ryan and Logan said in unison. Then they looked at each other in confusion. Still in unison, they said, wait, what? (laughs) Katie finally just kicked Ryan and Logan down into the hole. They landed with a thud. Then Katie landed on the two of them. Katie, why did you fall down the hole? Ryan asked, annoyed. Well, I figured you two would make a nice cushion. And I was right, Katie said gleefully. She helped them up. See how easy that was? Guess you two men just need a little woman's intuition. Now say it. Come on, Katie. Now's not the time, Ryan pleaded. Say it, Katie demanded. Ryan sighed. Fine. Girls rule. Boys drool, Ryan said. Yeah, you know it, a woman's voice said from nearby. They all spun around. Ryan a little too wildly to the point where he almost crashed into the wall, but Logan caught him in his strong arms. There stood a woman dressed in jeans and a nerdy t-shirt. She had short, dark brown hair and was munching on some pumpkin bread. It was none other than Mutant Ages artist Madeline. Madeline! (laughs) Madeline, Ryan and Katie cried out in unison. Logan popped his claws. What is this shit? This better be no tricks, Logan said with a growl. Ryan patted his shoulder. Don't worry, Logan. That's just the other Maddie, Ryan said. But for the sake of the story and for our listeners, we're just going to call her Madeline. You're welcome. But what are you doing here? Katie asked. Oh, I've just been dungeon crawling for hours, Madeline said casually. I kind of got here by accident, but I figured there's got to be some good loot down here. Hell, there are treasure chests everywhere. One was full of this pumpkin bread. Hell yeah. You sure that ain't poison? Logan said, giving it a sniff. Hey, back off, bucko. This is mine, Madeline said, pulling the pumpkin bread away from his nose. 
And this is the first time I haven't had to stand in a really long line outside in the cold weather to buy something because this year is 2020. So (laughs) I'll take my chances with the dungeon food. How are you able to navigate this place? We've been walking around for forever, Ryan said. Hours. They've been walking around for hours, Katie reaffirmed. (laughs) Oh, I just mark all the places I've been on the walls, Madeline replied, pointing at the black arrows and the X's. Thank goodness for my abilities. Oh, you're a mutant too, Ryan said knowingly. He turned on he turned on his vlog camera. We just found our we just found a surprise guest, Madeline. She's also a mutant and has the ability to produce and control ink. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I guess. I mean, like I don't know how powerful that is. Uh, <laughs> uh, who are you talking to, Logan asked Ryan. Why do you keep talking to that camera? <laughs> it's for all my fans, Ryan cried out. This is for my vlog channel, Ryan Pagella on YouTube.com. What's a vlog? Is YouTube some kind of porno website? Logan asked, honestly curious. Yeah, pretty much. Depends what you're searching, Katie said with a knowing nod. Why doesn't this dude already know all this, Madeline asked. Logan's really well-seasoned, Ryan said charismatically as he patted Logan on the back. Before this conversation could continue, there was the sound of the, an explosion at the end of the hall. Unknowing to them, a man in a green tunic had, had turned to the end of the room and blasted open the cracked wall. It was clearly Link, hero of Hyrule. Even wow. though Link should, I know, even though Link should either be a man or a woman, depending on the player's choice. Get with it, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah! Link screamed with, while twirling his sword around dramatically. He ran <laughs> through the hole in the wall. Well, that one's new. Best we follow him, Madeline said, and chased after Link with the others. Back in the other room, Betty did 15 flips off the wall, pushed a bunch of blocks around, and a bunch of rupees fell out of the sky. She landed oh. next to Todd and threw everything she had found in the chest around the room and on the ground, including a hookshot, a bow and arrow, a boomerang, a candle, a bunch of gold medallions, a wand, some masks, a mirror, a, gr- a giant green book, a feather, and a shitload of rupees. I wow. checked every chest. I know. I checked every chest in this room, and all I found was this useless shit, Maddie said with an annoyed sigh. <laughs> uh, there's no way to open this stupid locked door up there. I need a player's guide for this shit. Well, I found this key, Todd said, holding up a small golden key. <laughs> While you were jumping around up there, I walked over to this chest nearby, and there it was. What the <laughs> hell? Maddie screamed. Todd calmly walked up the nearby steps to the locked dungeon door and inserted the key. <laughs> insert with a loud creak he pushed the door open they entered a long hallway full of several turns and corridors choose midi to go left or right a voice nearby said maddie and todd turned to see princess zelda at the end of the hall she gasped at the sight of being spotted even though she had just talked and ran down the hall okay i don't know if this is another trick or some stupid shit but at least she seems to know where she is going let's follow her maddie said chasing after zelda lots of demon references yeah right because that definitely isn't a shapeshifter in disguise todd replied chasing after maddie Maddie and Todd ran, and then they ran and they ran and they ran. Dr. Seuss even wrote a short book about how Maddie and Todd ran across the temple in a hot cross, uh, hot, a hot crossover fiction with Cat in the Hat and One Fish, Two Fish. Wow, that, it's hot. Then, <laughs> I know, right? They lost Zelda, that. but they kept running until they suddenly crashed right into Ryan, Katie, Madeline, and Wolverine, who were also running. Wow, we thought we saw, <laughs> we thought we saw you guys coming. Ryan said cheerfully. Then why did you stop running at us? Maddie cried out. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and ask who the new girl in town is, Todd said, pointing at Madeline. Oh, this is Canvas. She has the mutant power to control ink. We go way back, Ryan said with a laugh and a slap of the knee. (laughs) Canvas, you already know Midi in roleplay. This is Diction and Wolverine. (laughs) Ryan made an X with with his arms crossed over each other. Okay, side note, Ryan just dropped, (laughs) Ryan just finally dropped everyone's code names like it was no big deal, Todd said. But what's her (laughs) real name? (laughs) I'm Maddie, Madeline said. Oh, good. Two Maddies. 
This won't get confusing, Batty said. I mean, Todd said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I am a huge bitch about it. <laughs> that would have been way better, but I like Todd saying it. You could call her Madeline for short, Ryan said proudly. That's <laughs> not short, dumbass, Katie yelled. But you are, Ryan said with a giggle that earned him a good smack in the head from Katie. Okay, but how did you get here? Todd continued to question. Oh, well, this weird portal opened up when I was playing my 15th hour of the day playing Don't Starve, when suddenly a blinding light came out of the screen and pulled me into the dungeon of the video game, which landed me in this place, Madeline explained, pretty casually. Mm. That just sounds like the opening to Captain N, Ryan pointed out. The only Captain I know is Captain America, Logan said with stars in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that blinding light was just a portal and you kind of fell into it, Maddie said. Madeline shrugged in response. She looked at Maddie and saw saw a huge door with a keyhole. Oh, sweet. You guys found the boss dungeon, Madeline said. She pointed at the huge door. Anyone got a key? I've been jumping off walls and opening chests for hours. No, I don't have a key. I don't have anything. I don't even have a way out of here, Maddie yelled. Why is this design of this level worse than the first X-Men game for Nintendo? (laughs) (laughs) Or that PC game with the horrible circus music, Ryan added. Yeah. Unless we find one of those spinning circles with an X on it. We're going to have to keep searching for boss keys, Todd said. Oh, you mean one of these guys? I found it while I was looting, Madeline said, and she pulled, a, she pulled out a red spinning X out of her pocket and, flip, and coin flipped it to Todd. Oh, fuck this then, Todd said happily. He pulled out his notepad of paper and lifted the words off the page. The boss door opened for the mutant ages without a key. Todd <laughs> flung the words at the doors as it opened. They all ran inside. The temporary effects of Todd's powers then wore off as the boss door slammed shut behind them, making Katie jump a little because it scared her. There they stood in a large room with multiple floating squares showing different pieces of X-Men's history from the comics, X-Men, X-Men Evolution, Wolverine and the X-Men, novels, TV shows, and even the Mutant Ages. At the end of the room was a big green clock ticking loudly and obnoxiously. In the center stood Princess Zelda, who spun around, surprised at their entrance. How did you get in here without a boss key? Zelda asked. We're mutants. We have powers, Maddie said tiredly. <laughs> and where's Link, Ryan demanded. We just saw him run off, and I need to make sure he isn't baiting Ganondorf for reasons that I'm not going to explain here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean me? Zelda asked. And with the sound of a doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, Zelda transformed into Link. I liked what? her better as Zelda. <laughs> I liked her better as Zelda, but Link's pretty cute too, Madeline said. Katie looked at her. She shrugged. What? I kind of like both guys and girls. Welcome to the club, Maddie said. We got jackets, bub, Logan continued. <laughs> Everyone turned to look to <laughs> turn their heads to look at Logan. <laughs> Luckily, I can be both. Not that it will help you, Link replied. With another sound of a Link transformed into Mystique. Oh, oh shit, it was Mystique all along, Ryan screamed into his camera and also into Katie's ears. She pushed him away. <laughs> this is like too accurate by the way i just like it when it's exactly like real life what games are you playing at mystique logan growled no games my friend but you all fall right into my trap mystique said proudly tossing off her cloak even though she previously wasn't wearing one (laughs) why why she needed to wear a cloak since she is a shapeshifter is something we may never know but if it was a trap why was it locked behind a boss door madeline asked oh i expected you to have found a mutant power token for todd to use his power to get to get you all in here. You are all far too predictable. And now dear Todd only has half his mutant power left, which isn't going to help you now, Mystique said. This is why I plan my shit. <laughs> and what exactly are you planning? Are a BDSM session with us? Maddie asked jokingly, and also a little hopefully, because she admittedly would be into bony Mystique. <laughs> no, I was only here to help bring you to him, Mystique said, and pointed at the gr- giant green clock. In that moment, Apocalypse himself phased through the clock, his arms behind his back. 
Everyone gasped. Ryan screamed. Katie farted. Logan got turned on a little and tried to hide it. It is I, Apocalypse, bringer of the one and only true future to the mutant and mankind alike, Apocalypse said in a booming voice. Bow down to your lord and savior, for I am Apocalypse. Mm. Everyone stared at Apocalypse for a really long time. Madeline leaned into Katie. Who's the giant Lego man? Madeline whispered. (laughs) What? You don't know me? Apocalypse said with a stop, but I am Apocalypse. Yeah, we heard you the first time, Maddie replied. But why the hell are we here? Are you are you the one responsible for ruining the X-Men timeline? Time is a complicated concept, Apocalypse replied. He turned to face his giant clock. All life and reality hinges on the concept of time itself. But what is time, do you ask? How does it affect the very fabric of our realities? The pendulum swinging back and forth signifies this fluidity of time, motioning that it travels both back and forth in movement. <laughs> Everything happens on a timeline, but when that timeline is changed and, and the clock ticks backward and forward again, then an alternate reality is created. But when the ticks and talks match up at the same time, it all becomes one reality. I am at the end of all realities, which leads to the same place. Me, Apocalypse. The timeline must be pure in order for it to move forward, and that it is not. Wait, are any of you listening to me? (laughs) The entire crew of the mutant agents had turned their backs on Apocalypse and started to pry at the boss door to get back out. Sorry, you lost us at the time is a complicated concept part, Maddie said. We figured we'd just show ourselves out. <laughs> Enough! Apocalypse said with a stomp so large it shook the whole room, causing all the mutant ages to fall down, including anyone listening to this very podcast. Oh no! I opened a... I know, I know. Everyone's everyone's on the ground. I opened a portal to bring you here. Oh, is that what that shit was? Madeline asked. She shrugged. Sorry, dude. All you got was me. Suddenly, <laughs> the Golden Girls started, theme started to play. Thank you for being a friend, Ryan's saying. Everyone looked at Ryan. What? It's not me playing it this time. I just like the song. Instead, Apocalypse pulled out a pink cell phone from his pocket and answered it. <laughs> now is not a good time, honey. I have all the mutantages in my clutches, Apocalypse says into the phone. No. No, I have not told them about what we are doing yet. Yes. No. Of course. I am Apocalypse. Nothing stands before me. Not even, concess- not even a concession line at Disney World. <laughs> yes. We may discuss that later. No, Nathaniel, they do not understand that yet. I was about to announce it to them with a dramatic flair. Yes. Okay, that is fine. What? Oh, uh, Olive Garden. I want their breadsticks. Okay, goodbye, honey. (laughs) Apocalypse hung up his phone. His voice boomed again. Now where was I? Apocalypse yelled in his booming voice. We were currently deciding who were who was who in the Golden Girls. Katie and Sophia, and both Maddie's and Todd are all Dorothy. I'm Rose, Ryan said, making a peace sign. He turned to his vlogging camera. It is only a matter of time before we start a Golden Ages podcast. <laughs> Actually, we were at the part where you were going to tell us why you were changing the timeline before I blast you away with a single with a hit single, Maddie said, threatening Apocalypse with her guitar. He didn't seem to be too scared by the instrument. You do not understand. You puny mortal minds can never grasp the true workings of me. Apocalypse! Apocalypse announced himself yet again. He pointed at a giant computer console that must have come from the early 90s. This machine is tracking all of time reality itself. Is that a computer or the machine that powers Zordon on Power Rangers? Ryan asked. (laughs) This machine is tracking all discrepancies in the very fabric of our reality. Apocalypse continued. When time itself is altered... Reality itself is altered, and those who experience this suffer a loss of memory. But if memory <laughs> loss is happening without change in the timeline, it creates an anomaly. Reality is being altered by time itself, which is an anomaly among the, among the reality of anomalies. <laughs> yeah, I generally have no idea what he's saying, Todd said. 
<laughs> if you all want to live, I suggest you start taking Apocalypse seriously, Mystique said. And if you want to live, I suggest you stop yapping, Logan said, unsheathing his claws. And I'm getting pretty bored of speeches, so let's cut this short. Logan jumped at Apocalypse with his claws extended, but Mystique intercepted him by doing 19 cartwheels and kicking Logan to the wall. Yeah. Ryan ran at Mystique to stop her from landing a pointed heel directly on Logan's balls. Freeze frame, Ryan yelled, freezing Mystique temporarily in the air as he ran to Logan's side to help him up. Maddie played a little tune on her guitar and fired a blast of energy at Apocalypse, who just looked mildly annoyed when it hit him. Yeah. Apocalypse turned his hand into a giant fan and blew so hard that Maddie, Todd, Katie, and Madeline fell over. Mystique unfroze from the air and smashed to the wall. Apocalypse walked over to the cast of the Mutant Ages. I tire of these useless attacks. I am inevitable. I am Apocalypse. But no timeline altercation will stop that, Apocalypse said, stopping ridiculously toward them. Yeah, well, maybe this remix will, Maddie said, playing yet another tune on her guitar and blasting it, blasting the ceiling down on top of Apocalypse. Some stone and rubble landed on him, knocking the monstrous mutant down on, to the ground with a huge boom. Maddie smiled and said, I just aimed for the top of the charts. <laughs> hey, Katie, now that you know you're awake and all, maybe you should read the energy off that butter dish, Todd said, pulling out the famous butter dish from their battle in the Louisiana Bayou. Suddenly, Apocalypse smashed out from the rubble. No, you you will not understand, Apocalypse cried out, intercepting Todd and Katie, obliterating the butter dish with his bare hands. Everyone gasped for a really long time, including Ryan, until he was kicked in the face by Mystique doing a backflip. <laughs> oh, fuck this, Logan cried out, jumping at Mystique, who easily dodged Logan by cartwheeling to the side. Logan landed claws out into the wall, getting stuck. He growled, he growled, prying himself free. I ain't getting stuck in a wall again. Especially after what Jubilee and Kitty did to him, Kitty said in a passing tone. How do you know about that, bub? Logan cried out. Enough, Apocalypse said. <laughs> he turned his hand into a vacuum cleaner, sucking everyone toward him. If you will not listen to me, then I will simply remove you from the equation. Damn. This ain't the time to get sucked, Logan said, <laughs> holding onto the wall with his claws. Ryan held on to Logan. Mystique turned into a statue of Estafos to stay stationary. Kitty grabbed a large treasure chest in the room. Maddie, Todd, and Madeline held onto her like a barrel of monkeys. The chest suddenly opened. A large bag flew out. Da na na na! Played somewhere <laughs> in the background. Everyone screamed as they flew forward. Madeline was about to be sucked into Apocalypse's weird ass vacuum until she shot a bunch of ink out of her hands into Apocalypse's eyes. He stopped sucking and grabbed his eyes. My eyes! I can't see! Apocalypse <laughs> screamed, stomping around wildly in a circle. Everyone else fell to the ground with a thud. Katie picked up the bag that came out of the chest. It sparkled, but before she could figure out what that could do, Maddie was back on her feet, Kitar ready for some action. Sorry, Apocalypse, but not sorry. This is your final track, Maddie yelled as she aimed the Kitar at the giant computer and played a little contude. Wait, Katie cried out. I don't think Apocalypse is, but it was too late. Maddie shot a beam of energy into the machine and it instantly blew up. No! <laughs> Apocalypse screamed in a slow Darth Vader fashion. What have you done? I stopped the timeline from being altered anymore. Duh, Maddie said casually. You are wrong, child, Apocalypse said. That was keeping the timeline stable, you fool. Wait, what? I'm confused, Maddie said, suddenly rethinking what she just did. The temple Aww. started to shake violently. Ryan took out his video camera and shook it even more wildly. <laughs> Earthquake! Ryan said dramatically while falling down repeatedly. Rubble started to fall out of the ceiling. The clock portal suddenly started to glow with green light. The computer started to smoke and radiate a red, en red energy. Yeah, I'm done here, Mystique said. She turned into a jet and blasted through the ceiling, causing <laughs> even more rock and rubble to fall down on top of them. 
Suddenly yeah. the computer <laughs> suddenly the computer completely blew up. Shots of red energy blasted out in around the room. Everyone dodged it to the best that they could. One beam hit Ryan across the room into Katie, causing them both to land on Mystique's cloak, which encased them both with the red energy. They screamed as the energy sub- energy subsided. Yeah. This doesn't seem good, Todd stated. Before he <laughs> before he could follow it up with another comment, the clock portal exploded with green energy. Everything in the room slowly started to disassemble and get sucked into the portal, including Apocalypse. The mutant agents scrambled to grab some the mutant agents scrambled to grab onto concrete slabs, but even those lifted off the ground and into the portal. Everyone screamed. No! I hate TikTok clock! Ryan screamed as he lost grip and went hurtling into the portal. Logan jumped out and caught him, but they both got sucked in. Ryan! Maddie cried out, and then she too got sucked into the portal. Fuck this, Katie said. She took her newfound bag and used it as a parachute as she let go and got sucked into the portal with Mystique's cloak twirling around her mysteriously. Mm-hmm. A single quarter flew out <laughs> A single quarter flew out of Madeline's pocket. My cash! <laughs> Madeline cried out dramatically. She reached for it and she too was sucked into the portal. Todd looked around the room that was falling apart and into the giant portal. I can't believe I'm doing this, he said with a sigh. And he let go so he too could be sucked into the portal. To be continued. What mm, happened to the mutant ages? Wow. What was the portal? Why are there so many portals? Was Apocalypse <laughs> helping or hurting the timeline? Why was there so much emphasis on Mystique's cloak? What should Ryan <laughs> eat for lunch? To- what should Ryan eat-, eat for lunch today? Because so far all he had was an egg sandwich. Find out next time on the mutant ages of the comic book. Oh my right. god. I genuinely don't know what's going to happen next. At this point, I'm just listening to the Beaten Ages of the comic book to like be told a story. Like, yeah, I'm just well, like that's sitting literally here being the like, point oh, of it. what's going to happen? What's going like, to happen next on uh, the Mutant Ages of the comic book? I don't know. I don't mm. know. I don't know. It's just fun, you know? Just fun. It is fun. It is fun. fun. to find out what's going to happen. We don't know. Ryan knows. Well, I mean, I kind of like... <laughs> I like have some ideas. He's definitely making it up as he goes along. I have concepts for plots and shit. So, yeah. I'm glad that Maddie A, a.k.a. Madeline, is now a part of our team. We needed more people, clearly. Well, now we, now we have all the mutant ages. We're all here. Hell yeah. Oh, this is so fun. Yay. It is fun. Anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed another ridiculously long reader mail episode. Yeah. Because this, this is how is we like roll now, This is like two and a half hours. What? It'll probably be just two hours after I edit it. But uh, oh, okay. we'll see. I don't know. Look at the timestamp. You tell me how long I managed to make it. Um. Anyway, uh, let's do the plugs. Because <laughs> we got to yeah. get out of here and do yeah, something Pluggy else. Pluggy is not going to come here because I don't want to deal with him today. So We don't have time for pluggy we are just gonna do plugs the normal way well apocalypse has a uh, time for everything apparently he does and he's dating mr sinister but we already knew that that's we not did a big already reveal. know that that's just no that's just factual that's already part of the canon i also think the next issue is going to be shorter it's just like this one was complicated because i had to do a lot of stuff so sometimes it's just fun also honestly it probably won't be shorter, Ryan. Like, who are you kidding? Like, yeah, it's, it's like, just it's me. It's like they just get longer. <laughs> I was going to say, it's me. They just get longer as they go I, along. At the beginning of it, you were like, I'm going to really try to keep these to five minutes. It, that one was like 25 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> I don't care. It's yeah, fun. Five minutes plus 20 at minutes. At some point, we'll just break them off and they'll be their own show and like it'll be more successful than anything else we've ever done. That would weirdly. be really funny. I don't it know. Would be. Or, or actually, Marvel's just like, hey, can you write this officially for the X Men? Yeah, that's that'll happen. Anyway, <laughs> go to the mutantages.com so you can find out all the different ways to contact us and you can you too can appear on the next listener feedback episode if you email us at the mutantages at gmail.com or if you hop into our discord server check out that question channel or really 
any other channel, honestly. Yeah. Um, you can find the invite link to the Discord server at mutantages.com. You can also leave us a voicemail. We didn't have any this week, but maybe next time around. one 508 319 And then, of course, we have a P.O. box. By the way, we did finally record an episode on our YouTube channel of us <laughs> opening the mail from the P.O. box. Uh, we did that. That's on our YouTube channel at The Meet and Ages. But um, if you want to mail us something physically, please send it to P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. Ryan, you want to talk about the YouTube channel? Yeah, I do. YouTube, cool. it's a channel with the Mutant Ages on it. And on that Mutant Ages channel, we play every X-Men video game ever and we also do x-men parodies and we sometimes line up this show with the animation of the cartoons or sometimes the actual movies sometimes we put completely random shit up there sometimes Mm -hmm. we do throwback theaters where maddie and i sit there and we read old fiction that we wrote or watch old movies that we made together because maddie and i have been producing shit since i don't know children yeah it's like literally been over 20 years at this point uh, and also, you can find me on YouTube at Ryan Pagilla if you want to follow my amazing adventures on the vlog. By the time this comes out, uh, Six Flags will have reopened and Katie and I will have hit up the new Festival of Lights uh, event yeah. that they're happening. So we're embracing that Christmas spirit and we're checking staying safe overnight. lights. This is like yeah. the most fun you can have this year is checking out lights. Yep. I know, right? Well, this is actually in the park, so you can walk yeah, in. Yeah, that sounds really cool. It's all outdoors. Uh, wear a mask, you know. Um, and we got our hand sanitizer and socially distant, you know, but that's what we've been doing all along. So that's not any news here. And you can also find me on uh, Twitter at Ryan Pagella and uh, Ryan and dot Pagella on Instagram. I'm losing my ability to talk. So here, Maddie, why don't you tell me about things? Sure. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else at Mitty Myers. But really, you should be following the mutant ages on all of those platforms. Yeah. I don't know why Ryan's clapping, but he is. He's just clapping. I'm, I'm clapping for Maddie. Yay! Maddie's on Instagram and Twitter. Yay! And so is the mutant ages. We're everywhere and it's fun. And if you want to support the show, you should go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages and you should consider supporting us and getting all those sweet, sweet rewards like bonus episodes of the show, behind the scenes videos photos text logs chat logs <laughs> yeah everything I don't know, everything podcasts. else that we don't want to release to the public but we are willing to release to the people who support us like because... us talking about resident evil and which characters we'd fuck and yeah, which ones are I mean, gay that's on that's there in there um we just put all kinds of stuff on the patreon so, yeah. so consider backing that um and we even have a store We've got a store. We've got some merch in that store. You can also find with that With the holidays coming up, you can get yourself some nice uh, Mutant Ages merch. Yeah, reward yourself with some Mutant Ages merch. And um, if you do that, maybe we'll expand the store and include even more stuff in there. We've we've had some requests for cloaky merch, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I love that our fans have embraced cloaky. That is exciting. Um, And what else? If you can't support us on Patreon, you can support us by leaving a review or a star rating on whatever application you listen to this show on or you can go to facebook and leave us a review there that's also super helpful and yeah. we didn't even do our top tier patreon shout outs i was just think keeping that in my mind we don't want to we don't want to move on past that we want to talk about our top tier patreon donors who are soren b and samuel b moving <laughs> slowly along the the time of timeline realities and pendulums and seconds time. and tiktoks of all time itself that was wow. great ryan that, that was not good. That's exactly <laughs> what Apocalypse sounds like. I mean, the voice was pretty good. I, honestly, I don't even that's, know if that's 
good? I don't know. I thought it was great. I loved it. I loved it. But wait, speaking of mucking up the time stream, we have to go back in time three months and give a special shout out to Zach S, who has actually been a top tier Patreon donor as well for the past three months. And we missed it because Patreon's notification system is kind of confusing. Get it together, Patreon. But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're going back in time. We're thanking Zach S. We're thanking them once. We're thanking them twice. We're thanking them for a third time this December. Thank you so much, Zach S. And to all the rest of you for supporting the show. Is that all the plugs? I we think really so. We really do everything? We okay. did. Well, do you know? Okay, so next week, everyone, it's time. Oh, yeah. We're watching New Mutants. I mean, Ryan and I already saw it, but we're going to, you know, take notes we, we and talk about saw the movie it. and everything. Yeah, so. yeah, pretty much. It's not terrible, but it's not we great either. We won't tell you what we think. It's a movie. Except Ryan just did. <laughs> it's a movie featuring New Mutants, and it's not it accurate. It sure is, and it's available Everywhere. digitally. It's not on Disney Plus for whatever stupid reason, but you can get a copy of it because they want people to buy easily. it first, and it's like nobody's going to buy this movie. Nobody's going to buy it. We don't. I will buy it on it. Blu-ray when it's three dollars in the discount mm-hmm. bin at uh, Big Lots, where I found X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, which I still can't believe you own a copy of. Um, Anyway, uh, we will be back. We will be reviewing New Mutants next week. And until then, we'll see you next time. See you next time for an even longer episode. (laughs) Oh, my God. It will be, though. I laughed. And then I was like, wait, shit. It's going to be three fucking hours. Logan? He's like not even here. He he got bored because he's like, this is taking too long. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm going out. Logan was like, like, I'm gonna go get lunch. Honestly, yeah, he's like, yeah, but him getting lunch is him going out into like the middle of the woods and hunting for it, and then coming back, it's like I got lunch, and I'm like, couldn't you have just gone down to like KFC? Yeah, I mean, Whatever. you could have. All right, anyway, see you next bye. time. The